isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. And who are we? Well, I am Simon and um, he is Groot. Together we are Cinematic Films, Scottish-based wedding filmmakers, and we love nothing more than drinking coffee and beer and talking to others in the industry. This is going to be another awesome episode. I cannot wait. Greg, did you know this is a sponsored episode? Is it? It is. It's sponsored by With Jack, but I'm going to get onto that a little bit later in the show. Greg, who have I arranged to come and talk to us today? Today, we are talking to Jim and Melissa from The Quail and the Dove. That's right. How are you guys? <laughs> and introduce yourself. Who? What do you do? <laughs> hey, guys. Well, good to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting us. So, yeah, we're Jim and Melissa. We live in, in Joshua Tree in California. So that's out in the, in the high desert. And um, we're wedding filmmakers, and, and we really focus on making... Well, we think uh, authentic um, kind of emotion and humor driven films to really try and capture the essence of, of a day. So, yeah, in a nutshell, I think that's who we are and what we do. Very cool. Very cool. Before we really get into the conversation, are you, have you guys got a drink? Have you have you settled down? Got yourself a beverage? Anything? We are drinking oolong tea right now. Oh, very nice. This is our usual nice. morning because it's 9 a.m. here, so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a bit, bit early for beer, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> oolong tea is our preferred drink for, for this time. Yes. What I about love, you too? I love oolong tea. I used to make um, kombucha with oolong tea. I love it. Um, we mm. are drinking. Where's the bag? Where's the bag? The coffee gone. Oh. <laughs> here, you, what you we read. Got? We I'll have pour. some coffee from Round Hill Roastery. And it's a uh, Colombian, which we picked up at, was it, it wasn't the weekend there, but the weekend before. The previous weekend it was. We were at a wedding in Edinburgh and picked up that on the way to the couple's preps. Got mm. them some donuts from the shop as well. Turned up with a bag of donuts for them. Oh. This was stashed away in our bag. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, this is uh, this is such a, a sad, uh, almost a sad story, but. Just, just lovely. So we went into this donut coffee shop and we were like, yeah, we'll get the couple some donuts. Why not? Uh, so we ordered five. They were like, oh, we'll give you a sixth one because it's a wedding to, you know, the bride and groom will really love it. I'm like, oh, thank you. She goes to put the donuts into the bag and it just bursts everywhere. Donuts flying across the shop. No. I, 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 oh, oh, it was such a shame. The, the look on the... The wee woman's face was... Uh, five was the perfect number and the sixth was just, just too much. That was it. Uh, the yeah. bag couldn't, couldn't contain that extra donut. So then she had the dilemma. Like, when she's repacking them, does she still give us the extra free donut? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. She did. That's good. So, um, she didn't give you the look like, is it okay just to pick him up off the floor? <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, not all of them like, came out. There was like one or two still in the bag. The rest were across the floor, but man, I would have taken them. I'm not fussy when it comes to donuts. Yeah, three second rule. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, was, now I feel bad. We, it's never even crossed our mind to take a bag of. That's what I was donuts. thinking. I was like, we never bring them anything. <laughs> oh, we're we're the we're actually the worst because we take 
because um, you know how like photographers that have they have the advantage of like a physical product and stuff like prints mm. and books and we just don't really have that as filmmakers so we we take a little box with whiskey in it two glasses and a place that their film will go when they get it in the U- their little USB and it all, every time we go to the the preps the photographers are just like oh guys what are you doing <laughs> to us that's sure not fair <laughs> and I feel bad but um, yeah we are, we're always bringing stuff good. That's, that's nice that's a really nice thing to do mm. yeah. uh, I mean yeah it never even crossed our mind to do something like that <laughs> oh well now it has now we feel like we've got to do something the donuts Absolutely. the donuts were secretly because we wanted donuts and it was like we can't turn up with donuts and not have them for the couple <laughs> plus it was the bride was a fellow so wedding industry she was a photographer based mm. in Scotland so we know her quite well. It was it was nice to sort of yeah do that for them. Yeah, uh, but what what you guys been up to recently? Have you had a busy week out shooting at all? Um, no, we're taking summer off from shooting. Mm. Last wedding was beginning of June, and we're not shooting again till end, end of, of September. September. Yeah, all oh, right. Is that cool. quite is is it seasonal over in California? Is that normal? No, no, it's not. Is that a choice? We had a lot of good inquiries we had to turn down for this, right. for this summer. Um, <clears throat> being in Southern California, the weather is pretty good the whole year. Mm-hmm. So we, we can kind of shoot the whole year if we want. So it's, it's nice. It's not really a fixed season. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we just had some other things we wanted to be doing in our life this summer. Cool. So we, we just decided like a, a year ago or maybe mm-hmm. over a year ago just to like block out this time to, to do other things. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll pick up again in the fall. It's yeah. hard though, because we've had some good ones that were like, oh. <laughs> but you have to, if yeah. you want to have that time off, you just have to say no sometimes. Yeah. 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 So what, what, what was the, uh, I mean, is this like a work thing that you guys want to do? Like, are you expanding your business or is this like, no, I don't really want to be like mega crushed during the summer months. I want to enjoy my life a little bit. Like, w- like, where is it for you? Like, what was the motivation there? I think we're just finding the balance. Like in the beginning, you know, you just shoot as much as you can. Like we were shooting like 35 weddings a year for a few years. Oh, yeah. And we slowed down a little bit. And then now we try to have a balance of like wedding filmmaking is part of our life. And then we just have other hobbies. Like I'm an artist and I have two art shows this summer. So I've just needed time for that. And then you're. Yeah. And then I've I've been training as a a chaplain in in a hospital setting oh yeah so okay. a, my background is a, a zen buddhist priest that's how i ended up in this country and i spent six years in a, in a monastery here and uh it's still a big part of my life and mm-hmm. so this this summer i've been doing a three-month training program in, in los angeles at one of the hospitals there very cool very cool all right what's yeah, your so just like having that blend of between yeah doing the the filmmaking and, mm. and we enjoy that and love that but we also have a lot of other things going on that we we like to do yeah. It's also, I think great about being wedding filmmakers is you can kind of, to a degree, pick your own schedule and choose how much you want to do, and that can support the other things you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's not, it's even photographers as well. We the joy is not having that nine to five structure that holds a lot of people down from enjoying their life. Whereas maybe on a Tuesday, I'll go out paddleboarding. <laughs> you know that's the kind of yeah. the, and that, I think that's why I love I love the job but yeah yeah, yeah the flexibility and mm. pick your own hours and yeah, yeah. It's, 
So, I don't think there's many careers or jobs to where, where you get that degree of flexibility and you know the ability to kind of structure your own life. So it's yeah, it's, it's a real upside of, of doing this work. Yeah, the yeah. downside is if you just say yes to everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning, like when you said you're doing like thirty to thirty-five weddings, like there is when you're starting out, there is that you know the need to feel like you are doing more stuff. You know, you got to say yes to every booking. Whether it's just to build your portfolio or just to get the money and to survive or whatever, yeah, it can be really challenging. So, yeah, how many how many weddings do you guys normally tend to like to book? It's just been changing mm. every year. This year we're doing like twelve to fifteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Next year maybe about the same or less. I mean, what mm -hmm. what we tend to do is we'll just raise our prices and then reduce the amount of weddings we do. So yeah. we're not yeah. aiming to like make more and more money each time we just kind of found the comfortable level yeah and then we yeah just take less weddings and and that way it feels much more sustainable for us we can enjoy it feel like we really got the time to to spend on each film and kind of pick the weddings we were excited to do mm. and um i don't know it's, it's funny it's like everyone has different i think aspirations in in the industry some people just want to like be super creative and, and go in that direction. Some people just want to make as much money as they can and grow the business and or a combination. But mm -hmm. for us, it's really finding this kind of level where we can uh, carry on doing this and enjoy it while uh, doing the other things in our life that we, we really value. But how is it for you guys? How do you find that balance? I've always thought, because I'm the editor, I've always thought that it's, it's a little bit, I, I need to force myself into more of a structure. Whereas I, I'm very bad at just going, oh, it's a Tuesday, I'll go. <laughs> uh, I, I do need to sit down and, and just like do the work. Um, Greg's more of the back end of the business. So I, although yeah. that being said, I'm sure you're, Greg's re redesigning a website at the moment to make it more slick. So we actually use it. Um, we're creating a website for, our podcasts we've gone to a rebranding podcast so there's a, and we're just starting the youtube so i feel there's a lot going on yeah. so i feel quite stressed <laughs> quite stressed it definitely feels <laughs> at the moment it feels like we're being pulled in every direction but yeah. i think there is still a balance there of being able to have some personal time and yeah we don't as we only shoot sort of 15 to 20 weddings a year so hmm. again we're not cramming two in every weekend so mm. we've just had what two weekends off in a row yeah or something great. like that which was nice and we're about to go out and shoot again tomorrow so yeah i think there's an okay balance just now yeah it's good it's good yeah. um melissa uh i am gonna say this right now I, my sister-in-law is called melissa and i spent many years trying to learn how to say her name correctly which means <laughs> i can no longer say the correct name correctly so if i say your name wrong i do apologize i've been beat, i've been beating your name out of me to get my family's name right but i'm, I'm sorry it's a it's a weird ju juxtaposition i'm living right now but um you said you're an artist where can people find out your your work is it online or um probably yeah it's online it's just melissalakey.com or on instagram it's just at melissa.lakey if anyone wants to check it out Hell yeah, go check it out, people. Uh, I must have missed that somehow in my uh, pre-show research. So I, I'm always, I'm going to be diving into your Instagrams for sure. Um, I, we don't talk that much about our personal life in our 
business, wedding <laughs> business stuff. So no, we don't, we we don't, don't bring we don't. That, that in that much. Uh-huh. No, we see other people do that really well, but I mm. think we're, we're, we're pretty kind of insular people and I don't think we enjoy sharing uh, our lives in the open in that way. Really. Well, mm-hmm. I guess I do on my personal more than. I guess, yeah, yeah. You, you do more on your own. I think we yeah. just tend to talk about our couples more like on our own Instagram rather than mm. ourselves, which I sometimes think we could do a bit more of, but. We're probably good. <laughs> yeah, I think we're the, I think we're the same. I'm I'm yeah. terrible at uh, my personal Instagram or whatever. I don't don't really enjoy social media. I don't like putting my life out there. Um, but even um, Lisa Devlin the other day, not the other day, when we were at the last workshop we were at. Uh, Lisa Devlin is uh, she runs the photography farm over here in the UK. Um, and she was like, "So you're you're about page." Um, Actually, doesn't it doesn't say your names. It, does, it doesn't say. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say your names. It doesn't speak about you. It speaks more about your couples. And I'm like, yeah, we were trying to create like a faceless brand, Lisa. Uh, totally intentional, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, Greg, Greg, make a note of that. We need to work on that. <laughs> that, that. That is part of what I'm doing with the website. Is it's not been updated. Well, it's been updated as in the films have been changed on the website over the last four. I think it's like six years old, the website now. Mm. And we've updated the films, but we've not really changed any of the copy, any of the imagery. So we're just trying to refresh all that and put more of our personality into there. Mm. Because yeah, six years ago, we thought, oh, we want to keep it like, who are they? There's a mystic around it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, but. Because the last thing you want when you show up to a wedding is for someone, for the bride and groom to be like, so who are you? <laughs> Um, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, that's the last thing you want. So, yeah, we're we're working on that <laughs> as well. Um, I did, however, see that you guys were on Love Stories TV, and you you won. Did you hang on? Did you win both of your categories for best moment and best video? No, best music, um, best moment, and we, best music. Is that right? That's right. We, yeah, we won those two. I think we had nominations for a couple of others as well. But yeah, yeah. We that was very cool. So congratulations on winning. Uh, do you want to tell us about the best moment? Some of our viewers, listeners might not have seen it. Um, so could you describe the scene and then, you know, tell us how you captured it or, or what your mindset was? Yeah, it was kind of a funny one. I don't know. I, I, we don't know what the best moment was. We just uh, nominated that or submitted that film, and uh, we assumed there was a moment in there that was deemed the best. Okay. Do you but have I'm a not sense? sure. I don't know. I think we might have put a time code in when we submitted, but I can't remember which. It was a really sweet film. It had lots of moments in it. Yeah, it was, it was hard to know. Yeah. It was a, a bride and groom. I mean, they had so many. They had like really nice vows. Re- the yeah, bride really emotional vows. surprised her mom at the reception by coming out in her mom's wedding dress and did like a first look with the mom. Nice. Yeah. Um, and they did like a very choreographed dance, which was mm-hmm. kind of very elegant and very, very then. The, just the whole wedding, like it was one of those weddings where everything just felt very then, very unique, like mm-hmm. the, the design, the, the clothes, the music choices were very deliberate. It just felt very them. So to capture it and really make a film that felt, um, that kind of honored that, it felt relatively easy, I think, just because yeah. there was so much mm-hmm. to work with. And especially Rachel, the bride, was very intentional about the moments she wanted to have with friends and family. Like, 
she had a lot of different things kind of set up with them, like that moment with the mom. And then it was another moment with the mom where she told her she was bringing the grandma's ashes to the ceremony. And mm-hmm. she just set up a lot of different little things. And, and we surprised them. We knew they wanted their grandmas talking in the film. So I pulled the grandmas aside at one point and have the grandmas talking about how much the grandpas would have loved to be there. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of kind of really sweet and moments that felt very real, I think, in the film. Yeah. That. So I'm not sure which was the best. But one <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you, don't, you didn't know the specific moment, let's take a moment like um, the, first, the first look. Let's take the first look because it's kind of like it's a, it can be a, a highly emotional scene, but there's a little bit of setup involved and a little bit of choreogra- choreography on our end to make sure that there's like angles and you're not in the photographer's way or whatever. So what would be your approach to like shooting the first look? Um, we can talk about it in general. They didn't have a first look at that particular wedding. She'd had the one with her mom, but yeah, not with the groom. I, I just, yeah. I, I just yeah. picked any moment that I could think of that had that kind of emotional value. With you know the kind of like there's time to talk to the photographer moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I guess with first looks, we we just we try and make sure that the uh, we're not near something that's noisy. You know, we learned yeah. that the hard way, like being next to a fountain or because we, we always have the, the groom laughed if it's a, a yeah. man and a woman mm-hmm. and the bride, if we can, you know, if it's, if it's two guys, it's easier usually because there's two suit jackets and mm-hmm. two women, it depends what they're wearing. But if, you know, we, we get as many mics on them as we can, basically. And yeah. It's always one at least and, and sometimes two. Um, and it doesn't always work out to capture nice audio at the first look, but often there's, you know, just some really, some really nice uh, moments in there. Mm-hmm. And we often let the first look run longer. Often the photographers yeah. are kind of giving a side eye at this point and being like, can we move on now to the romantics, please? And they're like, just wait a minute. Just yeah. Wait. yeah. Just, you know, they, they have the, the moment and then they often kind of like the adrenaline drops a bit, they calm mm-hmm. down. And you just have these kind of sweet, tender exchanges between the couple that, you could easily ignore that or just kind of be like, okay, let's move on. Mm. But often there's just some really, not, you know, they'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, look at your dress or look at the w- what you're wearing or or they'll talk about what they did that morning when they didn't see each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just little moments like that that we're always looking out for because, um, you know, you have all the major moments of the day that you've got to capture, but it's often those in-between moments that are easy to miss where we think that a lot of personality is revealed Mm-hmm. And there's just something more, again, authentic or real about looking out for those moments rather than just sticking with the big points of the day and, and kind of missing some of those quieter bits. Yeah. yeah. And I think we just usually with the photographer for a first look, just right before, if it's one we haven't worked with, we just say, hey, once they get once they get there and get going, we like to let it run until they turn to us and say they're done rather than interrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they definitely. always say, I feel like they always say, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's what we do too." But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they're just uh, etching to get in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they've shot the it's the same shot over and over again at that point for a photographer. So but, yeah, um, usually they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then usually for the like lo- location of the first look, we're more willing for the photographer to pick that. Um, okay, we can work with them, or, or sometimes we'll, we'll end up picking it. But often we're less fussy about that because we know that the audio and the moment is more important. Yeah. So because we're going to like maybe take longer on the first look than the photographer mm-hmm. might want to, we're more inclined just to let them have more control over over the location. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like the actual shooting, are, are you, would you both be shooting the moment together 
would you both have different focal lengths on or? Yeah, we tend to shoot, if we're together, Jim shoots more wide and I'll shoot tight mm-hmm. on the 85 or yeah. depends on the. That doesn't always work so well on first looks, actually. That's one area where that's, because sometimes then we have one shot, which is a bit wider than the other, if we're doing like kind of 45 angles. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll often put like, um, just, you know, like a gimbal that has feet on the ground just to get like a, a wide center shot. Mm. And you get photographers walking in front of that and stuff. You some, it's, it's just like a safety or another angle. Yeah. yeah. It sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we could probably be better about like having a matching focal length for the first look. But sometimes it works to have one that's wide and one tighter. And other times it'd be nicer for more matching. So mm. you never quite know until you get into the moment, you know. So. Yeah. And to- There's a bloody fly in the office. How did you get in here? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of similar. So I'll usually shoot with a 35. And Greg's usually on an 85. Yeah. And usually because Greg's on the 85, I set him to be the capture the emotion, like the, rea- the reaction. So when that groom turns around, I want to see a face on Greg's angle. And it can, like, it can, I find it works quite well. When you, you set the scene, and that's good, you're seeing the bride walk towards the groom, or or man, man, woman, woman, groom, whoever it is. Sorry, that was very clumsily said. I do apologize. <laughs> um, and the moment happens, and then one of them turns around, and then that's where I don't really get anything, but I, I know that Greg's got the emotional bit, that kind of close shot. So I, I, I quite like the fact that you you might not have the same focal length, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, it does work. Yeah. It does work. It just depends. Like sometimes, because sometimes we'll have couples that want to do their vows at first look too. Like they right. don't want to do it in front of everyone. Oh, interesting. And then at that okay. Point it's more like we want the setup to be more similar to how we do it at a ceremony. Yeah. Where we have two tight angles of 45 degrees. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. I definitely. feel like it's those ones where it often mm. it would be nicer to have the matching uh, focal lengths. But for for the average first look, I think what you're saying is yeah, absolutely right. That that normally works in combination. Yeah, we've had couples lately too that want to do more where they don't walk all the way up; they like walk part way, and then the other mm. one turns and they see each other at a distance. So you can see the whole outfit. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. been the the trend this year. Which I kind of like. I think the tap and turn does feel a bit contrived, whereas that one feels a little more natural. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, interesting. I don't. Have we ever had a couple do their vows? I don't ever. Yeah, think. I think we've had it. There Rass- was at least once where they did letters to each other. They did vows again at ceremony. Yeah. But oh, that's right. Yeah. I think, yeah. There's, I think there has been vows as okay, well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just not remembering right. <laughs> anyway, um, we were we were talking to Savannah Groves recently. Uh, she has a girl on her phone, does wedding films on her iPhone, and when we told her we were going to speak to you like a lot of people, she got quite excited. She was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, can't wait to hear what they say. Yeah, big fan. And she had a few questions. One in particular was, she wanted to know your deep why for wedding films. So sort of, what's your deep meaningful why for doing what you do? A deep, deep, (laughs) deep deep why. Deep why. I mean, I think for me, I really like um, creating something that people will have for a long time mm. and creating something that will take them back 
to the day to feel really like, oh, that was my day. And oh, I hear my grandma talking or, oh, there's a moment I didn't see or I forgot. Mm. And I guess just the like, to me, like family is very important. So I think I often focus a lot on family when I'm shooting. And that's something mm. couples say to us that they like about our films, that we're not just focused on the couple and their love story. It's sort of mm. like about the aspect of the wedding that's like a gathering together of either their family or chosen family or closest friends. And just, um, I guess that part of it for me is what gets me, yeah. that's what I enjoy most in the edit is kind of finding those moments and putting them together rather than really epic, cool shots. Cause I'm not as good at that part either. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's really our strength. You know, we're not like the best shooters or the best editors in the world, but I think we're good at just like paying attention to those moments on the day and, and knowing how to bring them out and kind of bring them to life in, in the edit. And I'd say like, you know, our, our why at the beginning was not a deep why it was a fairly shallow why it was, you know, we used to do more commercial product photography and, and things like that. And we got married in 2016 and, uh, tiny wedding just in our backyard here just you know like 20 guests or something and we yeah. hired a photographer for like what three four hours and that was our bi biggest expense of the day you know it's yeah. like a super yeah. cheap thing and um and we couldn't quite believe how much we, we paid her like <laughs> she did a, a lovely job but we're like wow like comparing to what the commercial work we've been doing where you have to mm -hmm. like negotiate and like write these lengthy contracts and like do all these revisions and it's like this, this seems like a, a, you know, a possible way of, of making a living. Plus, I think when we got married ourselves, it sounds like a funny thing to say, but we were very, very touched by how uh, meaningful our own wedding felt. And I think we were both a, somewhat ambivalent maybe about getting married. It wasn't, it wasn't something either of us had been like, you know. Well, not about getting married, but about having a wedding. I think we've been together for so long, I thought it wasn't going to feel special. Right. It was like, oh, we've already been together for like eight years. Like this is just a formality kind of a thing. Right, but right. then it was really special. It was and really like special. a lot, yeah. Like more special of a day than we expected. So I think that gave us a yeah. new perspective on weddings. Whereas before, I didn't really care about. I didn't even like going to weddings. Yeah. Right. So we we did have a different perspective after that, and we didn't <laughs> even think to record uh, the toasts at our wedding. You know, I mean, we had all the gear. Like we had video cameras, audio recorders didn't even think to set something up or even a phone you know so we didn't we got no memories well we have memories but no, <laughs> no yeah no recording yeah i have increasingly fewer memories <laughs> uh, we, we have no recordings of, of the ceremony or, or the speeches mm. and i feel like that was definitely something that in yeah. hindsight it would have been nice to have um so and i think as what melissa was saying that's that kind of deeper why has grown over time mm -hmm. of doing the weddings and really seeing we've had you know a few couples get back to us and say that there've been family members that have, have passed away since the mm -hmm. wedding. And did we have more footage of them? Yeah. And, you know, so there's been a few times where we're able to go back and because of the way we shoot, it's very documentary style. Mm. We're capturing a lot of content, uh, you know, only a fraction of which goes in the film, but we, we often do end up with like lots of footage of, of any given person, like a mom or a, a brother that doesn't make it into the film. But then when we go back, we can kind of pull that together and, Mm. And that just feels like such a, a nice thing to, to to give someone that's that's you know going through grief or, or, or what it might be, mm -hmm. um, something that we're able to kind of capture and, and give to them. So just that that idea of like really capturing this big celebration in someone's life, well, all the generations come together. You know, it's just this nexus of like everyone in their life come together, and 
Uh, so yeah, I think we've seen over the years that that's become more of our focus because we see that's the feedback we get and our own understanding. That's really what's of value, you know, more than just. I think we were more excited about more slick stuff at the beginning, and then over time it shifted to something that just felt more real and authentic, and something yeah. that would really serve the couple and the whole family for for years to come. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think and, we and are. Just for the particular couples that we get, because some people want cooler. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure, films. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think we're kind of similar, like my sort of wise like i love going back and digitizing vhs tapes that we had from when we were kids and looking at them and we talk on our website about creating the couple's visual legacy and stuff like that and i like the fact that these will in 30 years time be the memories that people will be looking back on and going oh wow that's that's the fashion back then and that's what you guys sounded like and stuff yeah i loved when you said that you pulled the grandmothers and got them to leave a message that's something that yeah i've never thought of doing like people always think oh guest messages and they're like oh boring but for them having a their grandparents voice to hear it and them saying emotional words that will mean a lot in years to come mm. yeah and that's something that we got from one of our earlier films um it's still on our website yeah it's one of the surfers if people are on our it starts with a surfing scene. Right, yeah, San okay. Diego, it's Bri-, Bri and Brock, the couple's names. And, and Bri had a vision that she really wanted to include the grandmas because they were so special to her. So that was her request and we did that in their film. And so we wouldn't have thought of that either, but mm. that's one of the really nice things about if you have creative couples too, they have like these kind of inspiring ideas of how they want to do things. And then, you know, you're going to meet them and kind of bring your own creativity to, to match it and find out how to bring that to life. But I think we've had a few um, couples like that where they have a real vision and that really inspires us and sometimes changes our approach for future films. And then other people see like that grandma moment. We've had so many people say they love that and wanted something like that in their film. And, Mm. um, you know, and then it just becomes part of your your style as you kind of go forward. So, yeah, I think being open to... um, the creativity of our couples too and not just being fixed on like no we're the filmmakers we know what we're doing you know and and just being open to to their ideas and yeah i think that's really helped us learn and grow mm-hmm. yeah that's cool i like that hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna do a wee cheeky plug here so do excuse the the plug um <laughs> listeners if you want more perspective content you can join us on youtube and instagram at Perspective by Cinemate. And you can also join our mailing list over at our brand new website at www.perspectivebycinemate.com. So please come and join us at all of those new places. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, thank you, guys. <laughs> you, you mentioned that you'd been doing commercial work and I think you were also doing some independent film as well before doing weddings but what's your sort of feeling on the wedding industry as a whole do you is there a good community around in california and online or do you feel about the industry yeah i mean i think we are maybe not as involved as some other people are but i think like there's a great community of vendors out here that we like working with Mm -hmm. i mean it's a nice I think actually, because we've only worked in California, I think it is an especially nice place to be doing weddings because there's a lot of weddings. There's a lot of really nice weddings. Mm. And it's a place people come to have like, I think like fun and laid back 
weddings mm-hmm. a lot of the time, at least in SoCal, because we're getting married in the desert or at the beach. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in that scene where it's like some of them are tipping into the luxury market, but it's like casual, like you're still barefoot on the beach and things like that. And it's a mm-hmm. nice industry here, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, we don't know as many videographers, uh, you know, obviously just because you don't work with other videographers. And we've, we've, we know some um, people in Southern California and a few other people, um, but we don't <clears throat> spend a lot of time in like online groups or things like that. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, we definitely value the relationships we have with photographers and planners, mm-hmm. probably yeah. the primary ones that we, we get more referrals from and just have um good kind of creative relationships with you know especially photographers i'm sure you you guys have the same thing there's just some photographers you enjoy working with you have a similar vision you work well together Mm. you have that connection and you're as excited when you get to to shoot weddings together and and california there's just so many so many wedding photographers that we're typically working with new people every time but we there's definitely a handful of people we work with over and over and, and we really um Appreciate those relationships. Yeah. Who, what about there? What's the industry like in Scotland? Do you work mostly oh. in Scotland or do you work all uh, over? We, we, yeah, we do. We used to travel about a bit uh, more in Europe, but um, uh, me personally, I don't really enjoy the the, the traveling aspect of doing de- destination weddings. Um, also, I had kids, so I really didn't want to do destination weddings. Um, so there was one point, kind of earlier on where we decided or I decided I told I told Greg <laughs> Greg we're we're rebranding we're we're not rebranding we're just changing our our our, our clients Focus, yeah. yeah um and then, uh, yeah at the time I really enjoyed I still enjoy watching Outlander the TV show I don't know if you watch it Greg's like Greg's like no oh. don't <laughs> anyway I do sorry uh and I thought well a lot of people come to Scotland to get married for you know, just that Scottish wedding vibe. And so we thought there's our clients right there. People who come to this country and want a great experience, whether that be they're eloping here and they're in the hills or um, they're having a big wedding. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we love for, doing both. for the size of country in Scotland, there's an amazing amount of really good quality photographers. Mm. There's great to just work with them and as you say build relationships with them and planners yeah so it's quite it's quite a good community around here and there's the odd time where we'll meet up at the pub for a sort of social event which is nice yes yeah, that is nice. that is always nice do you so you, you do you ever meet up socially for gatherings like actually face to face with people or is it just too big a city um we did a couple in um like pre-pandemic in San Diego, there was, uh, I can't remember who organized it now, but there's, there's a, a couple of meetups we went to. And- Audrey Alba organized it, I think. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, where we live is quite rural. Yeah. Okay. So there's not many people around here. We've met the other photographers that live here, most of them. There's another videographer that we refer a lot, but we've never met them in person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's not like a ton, I guess, right where we are. Uh-huh. Yeah, San Diego is about two hours away, and there's a lot in that area. So we have gone to a couple meetups there. Yeah, but I guess we don't do a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah, just stay home and edit. Uh, edit. Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, yeah. you guys are in a city too, right? You're in Glasgow, so yeah, yeah. you have more people like right by you, and it's that social aspects. Yeah. is probably easier. 
Yeah, I know. Definitely. I think sometimes being Scottish, you forget how big the, yeah. <laughs> the states are. So it was like, oh, the next city is yeah. like five hours away. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, no, it's just a different scale. It's like yeah. growing up yeah. in England. It's like I grew up a couple of hours outside of London. And in my right. mind, that's a long way from London, you know? Yeah. But then living in California, like we're two hours from LA, about two and a half hours from San Diego. Mm. And then we kind of think of them more like where we live, you know, <laughs> in the same area. So the yeah. scale is just crazy different. Like it takes a while to get your head around it. But yeah. in Southern California, you get used to just driving a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. can imagine. Um, so talking about like on a wedding day, do you guys always work as a duo? And if you do, do you have like separate roles that you each do? specifically on the day? Yeah, we always work together. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Yeah. You, you do everything hard. That's how I think of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Simon. I'll let him do all the work. <laughs> you let me do all the work? <laughs> Going around pointing... plugging in the audio equipment, basically. He has a... That's yeah. the hard, but that's the hard job. The audio is the thing that I, it's in the back of my mind. What happens if I've forgotten to switch that off or switch that yeah. on? What happens if that person's mic dies? It's always the audio for me. I don't know why, but that's why I let Greg deal with the audio. And to me, that's the hard <laughs> thing. So if you're, if you're dealing right. with audio, you're doing the hard job as far as I can <laughs> Uh, as far as I'm aware, because going around talking to people, being what is that notification sound? Anyway, going around talking to people, like shooting some stuff—that's the fun. That's the fun stuff for me. But so yeah, okay. on the day, who, who's doing audio? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so we normally start like Melissa will be with the if it's a bride and groom, Melissa will be with the bride. I'll be with the groom. Mm -hmm. um, and then from, you know, from there on, we meet up after preps and just kind of shooting together pretty much. And then, uh, yeah, I typically set up the audio more often. And mm -hmm. But I mean, other than that, we, we both well, just... Well, we are pretty specific. Like during a ceremony, I shoot the side. I take care of the side cameras and you take care of the center. Yeah. And then right. like during toast, I shoot the speaker and you shoot the reaction shots. Mm. And um, like if we're i'm usually shooting tight and then you're shooting wide you shoot the gimbal shots of the cocktail hour i shoot the shots of the people going ha 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 with their drinks <laughs> like so we usually know yeah. what the other person is probably shooting yeah. i guess yeah we tend to do that so i guess that's our roles we mm -hmm. haven't really like defined them out loud maybe but yeah quick it's true we, yeah we've done it enough times and as as we do always work together like the only times we've ever hired a second is if one of us was and that's only been a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so we, we're very used to just working together and we know what each other does. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you have a similar kind of setup. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, yeah, it's definitely like we we do on the rare occasion work with seconds as well. Like sometimes we'll, there's been no indication where we've intentionally booked two on the same day and just split up into two different teams. And there is a bit more stress because you're like, I know I can trust this guy because we always use that person, but it's not quite the same relationship. Like yeah. we've got a wee bit more telepathy that we know. Mm. We yeah. used to, a few years ago, we used to have a sign language system, but now I can just <laughs> peer into Greg's mind. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quick question. So you, Melissa, you were, Melissa, you were saying at the ceremony, you do the side angles. Yeah. 
are your cameras on tripods or yeah. are you just running between the yeah. two of them? Well, I don't usually run too much. I usually just okay. check them once or twice. Yeah, okay, so okay. We'll have the two side cameras are on tripods, and mm-hmm. then I have a camera. We have a lot of cameras. <laughs> I have a camera, and I'll shoot um, like some audience reaction shots and mm-hmm. things like that. And then I guess at the processional, I usually am focused on the groom rea- mm-hmm. or whoever's at the top of the aisle. It depends. Yeah. Um, and then you do the center. Yeah, and then we have a, a camera on a low tripod at the top of the aisle. So mm-hmm. that's capturing everyone coming out the aisle. So it's yep. just an unmanned camera. And uh, and then I'll I'll be at the back with the gimbal getting people coming in and then follow the, the whoever comes up the aisle last. And then then that camera just stays on the ground in the, in the middle of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And most photographers are fine with that. You know, like sometimes I'll pull it out so they can get it wide and then we put yeah. it back in. Um, and then I'll switch to a, like a longer lens that's the only time i'm on a longer lens i guess we have like mm-hmm. a, a nice voigtlander prime that we use and mm-hmm. i'll capture like a, a center shot a tighter center shot mm-hmm. at least during the vows and for the kiss and then i grab the uh gimbal on the floor which is a wide for the recessional so mm-hmm. we we pretty much do that every wedding that doesn't very much well, unless we can't get to a certain angle because of the way the the ceremony set up and if we're shooting yeah. super eight then you shoot super eight during the ceremony too yeah if we're doing super eight we'll do a little bit in the ceremony but, mm-hmm. um, so just six cameras yeah, just, <laughs> just six just a simple a simple six man I, th- I, th- I thought three was a lot <laughs> between two people do you guys deliver do you guys deliver full ceremony films like from start to end uh, we we do. It's an optional it, extra. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. some couples want it. Some couples don't. Some couples want the speeches and not their ceremony. So they'll just, yeah, they can pick mm-hmm. and choose which one they want. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll always edit them so that it's in. So Greg, you're about to run out of battery. Do you I know. know this? Right. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to run and get a charger soon. You go run up. <laughs> you go run and get your battery. You crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like I said, not a smooth operation here. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> what was I talking Editing about? Ceremonies. Uh, yes, I'll always edit them just so they're they're there. Um, I always find it's always. I mean, the the ceremonies and the speeches they're kind of like the base. It's it's the base of our films, right? So it's yeah. it's always what people say is probably the most important aspect of a wedding. I feel. Um, I mean, you can always make things look cool and look nice, but what people say and what people mean and and obviously, you know, what they do together, you know, I always feel like audio is an, uh, an overlooked part of a film. So you'll edit the ceremony even if the couple don't want the full thing and then it's yeah. there if they choose to have that's not on. Yeah, because... Uh, you know, if it gets to five years and they change their mind and they, you know, you're like, oh, do you, do you have the, uh, well, they'll ask, do you have the footage? And we'll be like, yes, because we keep everything on hard drives and, and stuff. Why are there flies here? Oh my goodness. Um, but, um, so I, I always like to make sure that they're there in case they want to buy it um, or have it. And yeah. some, sometimes it'll be like a, like, a, like a, we'll give them it for half price for, yeah, uh, but yeah, our setup for the ceremony is it's usually I'm down the I'm shooting down the aisle, so mm. sort of kind of telephoto lens down the aisle, 
on the sort of three people there, celebrant and couple. Like a three shot. And then usually got a wide next to me. So it's just getting same angle, but wider, which is more of a safe shot. Mm. And Simon just is roaming. So he does the two side angles, but on one camera and he just moves around for the vows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's probably the only, the only, uh, the only bad thing is I move around. Yeah. But I don't do it too much. If you know what I mean. But, uh, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a funny thing because some, some photographers we work with, they're like shooting everything on a 50 mil, right? Yeah. Or a 35. And they'll get like almost this close to yeah. the couple. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, that's so super weird. Like, <laughs> this is a wedding. I, it's probably a really nice shot, but. Yeah. Are you know, so I feel like you know? the side angles are always, a, like, often the center one is the nicest shot, but the side ones are usually always safe. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. depending mm-hmm. on who, whether they want to shoot from the back of the aisle or yeah. all the way at the front row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Greg, when you're shooting with your free shot, are you at the back of the aisle? I mean, do you have the photographer coming in front of you? It shot? varies. So, I would usually choose to be further back than sort of some photographers would maybe choose. But if I know that if I speak to them beforehand, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm maybe plonk up halfway through up the aisle, mm. then I'll be like, right, okay, I'll come to there as well. And usually I'm shooting an 85, so it might be tighter than I would normally go, but it's better having that than hoping that they stay below the sort of focal length of my camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of conversation at the start with, or if we've worked with Dolfer before, I know how they'll maybe do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I like to move around. Uh, because if I see that the photographer is coming down the aisle and Greg doesn't have an angle, I'm just going to be, I will, I will have found my my good spot, my safe yeah. spot where no no one will be in the way. Um, and I'll make sure I'm, I'll just stay there and I'll keep an eye on Greg. Just. Yeah. just so you guys yeah. have to have continuity for the whole thing. So you can at least cut between the, the three cameras to get something solid. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. The way, the way I look at uh, capturing like something like the ceremony is like, there's two things I'm editing for. One is the documentary, which is the yeah the ceremony film, uh, and two is the the actual highlights film, the feature film that we make, and so my my film brain would be like, oh, there's the 180 degree rule, you don't want to you know you don't want to cross the line, but in actual fact, ha- having thought about things, I'm, I, when I'm editing for a film, I'm only really showing this part of the ceremony for a very brief moment of time. Obviously, again, you're hearing it, but yeah, so the the rules of filmmaking don't really apply in the same way. So uh, I, I feel much uh, much less burdened as I used to do when, it, when it, we were very much forcing ourselves to be the 180 rule, like don't cross the line, you know, all, the, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah. used to get us into bother because... You know, some Scottish castles are really, you know, narrow. The seats go all the way to the wall or you can't get, there's no other position. So it was, yeah, I felt like we always had to kind of really mathematically like be precisely somewhere and sometimes we get trapped and it just wasn't working that well. So I just thought, nope, I'm going to go freehand. That way the photographer is not going to get in my way. I'm not going to get in the photographer's way. And Greg's got the solid kind of documentary angle. And if I can yeah. add to that, then I will. So, 
So what? Yeah. What do you deliver to your couples? Like, mm. is there a doc edit and the highlights, or how how's your sort of package structured, or if it's even a package? Yeah. So we have three basic packages, and it's um, so it's a five minute film, a seven and a half minute film, and a ten minute film. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> and each one comes with a corresponding number of hours on the day, mm -hmm. and uh, and think, sometimes the day before. Yeah, and to the, the, I think the first one doesn't, but the other two have adventure sessions built in. So that's like right. a two to oh, three yeah. hour day before a day after session. Uh -huh. um, so the deliverable is really just the film, the yeah. either the five, seven and a half or 10 minute film. That's that's the, oh, and a teaser. We'll do like a 60 second or so teaser, mm -hmm. which we you know often use on our Instagram too. And then yeah. the couples yeah. like to share them. Um, if they want anything else like ceremony edits or speeches edits, they're additional extras. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, if they are to Super 8, they'll get like the full Super 8 digitized. So that'll be, you know, it's two and a half minutes of film. So they just get that as a separate video. And um, that's it in terms of del deliverables. Mm -hmm. We thought about doing like longer doc edits. We know other companies that do them and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can see the value, but uh, we never quite figured out if we wanted to do that or how to structure that. Yeah. 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 And similar, people will sometimes get ceremony or speeches like a year or a few years later. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. typically even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when when their own biological memories have faded, they're just like, oh yeah. yes, what did uh, what did you or say? anniversaries? That's that's a nice one. Yes, yeah. Like when we're doing the sales calls or the we do like a sales call, then we do a call a week or two before the wedding with mm -hmm. the couples. Mm -hmm. Then we'll just remind them. It's like yeah, and don't forget like you could get the ceremony speeches anytime like in a year it's time for your anniversary or mm -hmm. once your finances have settled down a bit after yeah. the wedding. Yeah. And uh, so we often do get people coming back, yeah, like six months, a year later and, and mm -hmm. getting those. Yeah. yeah. I find that couples tend to really appreciate that, that they're, they don't have to commit to the investment now. Mm. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, we can decide that later and get some wedding gift money and then get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You know, one thing I just thought of is like, it's really funny if when they go back to a photographer and they're like, okay, I want to spend some extra money on, on the photographer. It's not to get different photographs. I don't think, right? Unless it's like raw images. It's more to get them in an album or as a poster, a poster? I don't know. Um, but with us, like when, when, when they ask for the speeches, they won't, have had that before. Yeah, there's like yeah. I mean? extra information there. So it's like, I wonder if you could, I don't want to say capitalize on that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It is something. Yeah. We have done a few other things. Like we had one once where they just wanted a, like a, two years later, they wanted to film that was just like more of the dancing. So we did just like a three minute dancing. Film. Oh, yeah. That was like an anniversary <laughs> surprise for one of them, I think. Yeah. I think we've done a few things like that. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. We don't give raw footage. I mean, people can buy it after the fact, but mm. we explain, like, we shoot in log. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to watch these files back in any satisfactory way. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we really encourage people, if they want something specific, then they ask us to do it and we'll, we'll deliver it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did I speak about this in the last podcast episode? I, I feel like I, I always bring this up. I love, I love that... Uh, film I, I don't love it but I, I find the conversation really interesting that people don't want to sell raws or 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 yeah yeah 
or even because they shoot in log, it's not as appealing for couples. I don't find there's just there's a lot of like threads that I like to think on quite often because uh, we don't shoot log for that very reason, so that people can because our I, the, for our old time listener, old timer listeners, uh, they might recognize this story, but. It was a, a good few years ago. It might have been like eight years ago now. We shot an Edinburgh City wedding. And uh, it was like a couple of years later, uh, the bride got in contact with me to say that her husband had died. And mm. her favorite thing was looking through all the little B-roll moments and kind of rediscovering those little gem moments that yeah. didn't go in the film, didn't do this. Like just like, hearing him being a goofball off camera yeah. that we didn't use because the shot wasn't good, but you can hear him off camera. Yeah. I mean, and this was back mm -hmm. in the day where like cam uh, the cameras, they didn't shoot log. So that wasn't really a thing, but it really did get me thinking when cameras started to go into log and I was like, you know what? I would, r I, f I feel like I would rather encourage people to want to have the raw footage and and be able to give it to them in in a way that they can rewatch you know because a part of our branding is that kind of legacy like keeping yeah. your memories that kind of stuff so yeah that was a really powerful moment early on in our career and i just thought man that is it totally wiped me at the time because i was like yeah. man it can just happen it can just happen like that um, yeah, it's a good it's a good point. But I mean, well, we do for people that want the raw footage, we give them two options. One is they just get the literally the, the files out of the camera on a hard drive. Yeah. Um, for most people, it's just to have it as archive, knowing they can't yeah. really do much with it. Uh -huh. And then we also offer that we'll export it all. You know, just run it through Media Encoder, just with a a, a lot. Ah, okay. And that way, they can we can export it as a, a watchable file for them. And yeah. and then it's like it we shot in camera with a. Um, you know, a Rec 709 color space. And All right, so good. it doesn't really take much on our end to, to do that. We just leave it running overnight and the next morning it's ready to send off. So, yeah. ah, good, um, good, good. Yeah, yeah I wasn't log isn't really much of an impediment to okay. that. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. I've always, because obviously, because we don't do it, I don't know the workflow. I don't know how easy it is to, to convert something and have it be all those little audio files uh, and video files. But that's cool. I'm glad. Um, Awesome. Where, where's your, I'm going to go back to what you offer clients. Where's your like starting price? If you don't mind talking about your pricing and like something like film where the cost of film has gone up dramatically, like how much do you charge for, for something like that? Our starting price is, what is it? 85? Is no, it I think it's seven. Seven? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No. Go to the website. It's on your website. <laughs> it's on our website. <laughs> It's at least eight, isn't it? No, it's, I think it's, I don't know. We better look it up. <laughs> it, ends at, <laughs> it ends at 10. I thought it was like 7, 85, and 10. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's in that range it's somewhere. I think we start at 7,000 for like the basic five-minute film package. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the... The ten minute film is, is ten thousand. So that excludes like, travel. I think it might be more now. Might, we just changed our pricing. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> we just added in, they didn't used to have like the adventure session in the middle package. So uh-huh. we like right. tweaked that and changed them. And we used to include travel in mm. and then we took that out. Mm. And so we've just rejigged them recently. But I think they start at seven. Yeah, and then for like Super that. 8, we just charge what, 250, 250 for I think so. Which isn't very much. I mean, that kind of covers just the cost of buying the film, getting yeah. it um, developed and scanned. We maybe make, you know, a small amount on top of that, but that's not really um, something that we do to, I mean, it's like with raw footage, it's like, you know, people vary wildly in how much they um, charge for raw footage, Mm. knowing that they can charge, you know, whatever they want, maybe $1,000 or more. Um, For us, it's, you know, usually a few hundred bucks that people want it because we feel like Genuinely, it's not much work for us, and mm. uh, it just feels somehow dishonest, like charging a lot of money to us for, for that. So but it's we, okay if people do. Charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah. like how you Different, structure yeah. your business is how you structure yeah. your business. But, um, just like how some people charge extra for drone, but for us, it's just included in all the packages because like, we yeah, have the okay. camera. It's just like another camera yeah. on the day. But then for some people, that means they need to hire a second person if they're a solo shooter, and yeah. So I feel like all those things are kind of up to the filmmaker mm-hmm. yeah we tend to sure. charge more i think mm. if it's something that takes us more time or costs us more money yeah 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 so super eight it's kind of fun to shoot super eight and include it in the film so it's not something that we're making a ton of money on mm-hmm. all right okay so for all you dishonest people out there stop making money no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding um well i mean obviously like we charge what we feel is a good price for our, our wedding packages and we yeah feel like that we feel good about that. Yeah. It's just with the add-ons, we, you know, we just have feelings about, um, I think as Melissa said, like a ceremony edit or a, a speeches edit, we know how long that takes us to do. Yeah. Whereas copying files into a hard drive and mailing it, absolutely, work. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about your films, but before we do, can you talk to us about the style that you want to portray your films as? Oh, uh. I think like a lot of what we've been talking about, just that real focus on um, the moments, friends and family. Um, we want them to feel sort of natural, I think, and real. Yeah, yeah. And then, but sometimes I would say cinematic because we do some stuff like, like Natalia and Zach's car drone opening. So we still do some stuff that is mm. set up and cinematic. But in general, yeah. only if that serves a couple and like what they have asked us to do for their film. Was, was that the one? Yeah, that- and I think that's a good point, really trying to focus on what the couple wants and mm. how we see them and, and their day and, and trying to be flexible in our style of both shooting and editing to, mm-hmm. to really meet them rather than just giving them the film that um, you know we think they should have or that just yeah. is our style. Mm-hmm. So we try and, like, I think our films have a coherence. Like, you can tell our, our films um, have, you know, common threads, but... At the same time, I think we're, at least the feedback we get from the couples and something we try and do is that we really do try and capture each couple in a way that feels unique to them. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell who, like, who the couple are. Like sometimes we'll watch wedding films and it takes a while to even know who the, the couple are getting married. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we really want to make it very clear who the couple are and what their personalities are and yeah. what's important to them. And as much of that as we can communicate through the way we shoot and edit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that intention is probably more important than any particular stylistic 
factor. I think I think sometimes we're not the best at describing our own style. Sometimes all, a couple will say, "What we really like about your films is they're this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Oh, that's good. We should write that down." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I written it down. That um, that that film that you referred to, that couple with the car. Was it, were they driving over a bridge? Was it a, was it a red car and they were driving over a bridge? Was it Big Sur? Did I make, have I made that up? A couple you're talking um, about with the car have, and the drone? There's a few different car ones. We've done a lot of car things, but the one I was <laughs> talking about, um, it's a Porsche, a white Porsche. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, by the coast near Malibu. Oh, okay. Is it near Malibu? Oh, yeah, that, it was on the PCH or the one. I can't yeah, remember. so that's not quite Big Sur, but it's a California okay. coast, yeah. 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 Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Because uh, I really liked it. If it's the film, I, it, it might not be the film. But if it was, you said you weren't good at epic, and I thought that was that was epic. Yeah, I thought it was pretty epic. <laughs> I would say that we still do some things that are epic. <laughs> yeah, it just depends. I mean, sometimes you're in an epic location like the yeah. California coast or Big Sur, or um, yeah. you know, there's certain venues in, uh, where you, you just have to go with that, and that's that's what's present. And other yeah. times, it's just like a more intimate. Um, venue and it's more about the people and the setting is very much the background mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it just depends on on where it is you know in California yeah. it's like we've got the redwoods the forests the the, the, the beaches with like both sandy beaches and the cliffs and mm. you know the desert Palm Springs all the kind of colors there and the high desert where we live yeah I mean there's just so much in California like in terms of variety and um, like you Simon we don't really love the travel aspects so we we do some travel weddings, but we're like very selective. We've yeah. turned down all international weddings just because um, it just seems like too much work to and be stress. honest. And stress and like figuring out work visas. And we, we don't want to like be turned away at the, uh, the border for like not having permits in order and then not getting to shoot a wedding, you know? That just yeah. sounds awful. Yeah. So we just, we just don't do it, you know? We yeah. just like to mainly stay local. I love I love this little kind of narrative that we're both building up where it's just like, yeah, so we only want to shoot a couple of like a couple of weddings a year. We want to take the summer off. We want to go paddle boarding. We want to enjoy ourselves. So yeah, we just don't actually, stay we, home. We don't actually book we're filmmakers that don't actually book any weddings. So yeah. So, <laughs> that's where it's gonna get to, I swear to God. That's <laughs> um quick question then. Do you do you have because obviously Melissa you you said you're an artist. Um, do you have any visual inspiration for your films, or or do you think it's less about the inspiration that you gain from like art and stuff, and it's more, hey, I'm here. This is clearly the couple story. Like, yeah, I've worded that terribly. I think your influences. I think for both of us, most of our films are mainly influenced by the couple, the feeling on the day, the friends and family. And I guess actually we haven't talked about it, but I think location is a big part of most of our films because they're often in a place that's either mm. very beautiful or sometimes like special to the couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I say a lot of it is on the day. Um, but then sometimes we do bring in other inspirations, again, sometimes from the couple. Like we had one couple who really loved One Car Way. Yeah. And they asked to do, well, you could talk about it more because you did the shooting for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they loved uh, One Car Way and especially like I think some of the earlier stuff like Chunking Express and movies like that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, in, in those movies he did, um, I can't remember the name of the technique, but... Shutter Drag? 
it's, yeah. it's kind of like, well, it's like what you do in photography with shutter drag, where you set your shutter speed to say like, you know, one fifth of a second and you're shooting in 24p. Yeah. So you, you get that kind of, you know, slow-mo, old school slow-mo kind of staggered yeah. effect yeah. with a bit of motion blur. Mm-hmm. So we, we shot with them and, uh, you know, not something we'd normally do in our kind of visual repertoire, but we, we did some of that with them. We, we shot in um, Santa Cruz in the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun because, you know, you have all the, all the, the kind of bright lights and the neon and the kind of fairground vibe. And um, it just worked, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, had them kind of moving around in the space. And we got kicked out shortly after because we weren't going to be shooting there, but we got enough uh, <laughs> while we were there to, to yeah. make it work. Um, so yeah, things like that. And I guess like there's certain filmmakers that we, we like and kind of take influence from, but mm-hmm. I feel like we, we practiced it enough now that we're not consciously doing that. We're not consciously yeah. referring to other filmmakers. We're just kind of, it's just part of our style and the way we've developed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. Do you ever, I mean, just like, uh, that one there, is there any, aspects of like a filmmaker you're you're like oh you know what i really like that shot um i'm gonna i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it in a wedding see what happens do you ever get that that kind of motivation sometimes because sometimes when i'm watching a film and something new has popped up which i've not thought about before uh i i do i do want to try it um so yeah do, do you have those kind of aspirational pangs from time to time yeah for sure for sure um and sometimes with ads i feel like sometimes you get interesting little ads um like um clothing ads or things like mm. that where you sometimes you see you get ideas we got one where we had got ideas for like stuff fun stuff to do with the wedding party when we went through a phase of trying to do more things with the wedding party which mm. we're not in right now but <laughs> Sometimes you save things and say like, yeah, maybe we'll try this at that particular wedding or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like, you know, music videos and ads are good for like short form inspiration for doing teasers and and, and shorter films. Mm -hmm. But I think when we're doing our our longer edits, it's definitely more um, cinema, at least for me, they're kind of drawing inspiration from. So like one one DP I I really love is uh, Robbie Ryan and... um, He's done a lot of the Andrea Arnold films, um, mm. Red Road, which I think is set in Glasgow, maybe, and uh, uh, Wuthering Heights. Um, I think he did American is it American Honey. Oh, yeah, American Honey. Yeah. Um, and then he's, he's, he worked with a bunch of other directors, too, but I just love the way he shoots. And a lot of it's very kind of like rough handheld, you know, on the shoulder, very intimate, mm-hmm. very close style. Yeah which, you know, we, we, we try and do. It's hard to do when you don't have the weight of a cinema camera to really pull that off. Yeah. But yeah. we do try and get some of that feel in there. And, um, and then we watched a film recently. It was on the plane when we were flying back from England, I think, and it was because um, uh. we're Phoenix and he, he had to hang out with his nephew. I can't remember what the film is called. It was all in black and white, right? Yeah, I think so. And and it was all like black and white tripod shots. And you're like, I wonder who shot this. I really love it. And then it was... And then it was Robbie Ryan. So it's like... Totally <laughs> oh, right. Like, normally he has this kind of frenetic movement. Yeah. And this was like very still, very subtle. But just like the way you kind of like mm. communicated with the subjects and had subtle movement in some shots. There's this mm. beautiful shot over Venice Beach. And uh, LAX is, you know, like south of, of uh, Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. And he had this like slow moving like dolly shot where you had the protagonist 
and I think he kind of walked off set or something, and but the um, it carried on moving, and then you saw this plane taking off from LAX in the background, and then it cuts to oh him no he must not have been in the shot because then it cuts to him like being on the plane and, and going to somewhere else, but just the way he used like the foreground and background to like tell this part of the story yeah. It's really subtle, but mm. just like really, really profound. I thought so. Mm. He's yeah, he's an amazing DP. I, I really love his work. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'm not familiar with him. I'll need to check him out. Yeah, yeah do, do. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, something mm. I find interesting when looking at your website and sort of comparing your work is there's a good variety of there's city weddings, there's country weddings, elegant, rustic, and that's Bike, biker weddings. Yeah, yeah. something that. Like we shoot a lot of elopements, but then we also shoot a lot of elegant weddings and stately homes and stuff. Mm. And it's just something that we don't intentionally manage to market for both. It just happens and it works. Is is there a common thread throughout your couples that link all these together? Or like, how do you market for the variance of that? think i think again like the the feedback we get time and time from couples is just that we make unique films that really match the couple and whether that's yeah. in a ranch in wyoming or in the desert yeah. or i think couples trust us that we'll do a good job of capturing their wedding wherever it is mm-hmm. which is why um we have i think a variety of you know like summer camps and ranches and um, hotels and you know city venues and beach well, I venues think it's usually couples who know what they want like mm-hmm. they're um they're planning a wedding that's for them like they've picked the things that they want like if they don't want a wedding party they don't have a wedding party if they don't want a cake they don't have a cake if they don't want a mm-hmm. wedding they elope like they've sort of picked all the things they want at their wedding mm-hmm. and they want their wedding to reflect them or their elopement and i think then they're looking for a filmmaker whose films reflect the couples and they feel like we'll capture them in a in a unique way Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes just couples that are afraid of having like a cheesy film. Like they've only <laughs> seen oh, God, their yeah. friends like low budget yeah. ones mm-hmm. that are yeah. 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 It's a, it's amazing that they're still around by the way, <laughs> isn't it? It's really like that was one of the motivations for me not having a wedding film like years ago, like 13 years ago because they were just kind of cheesy and uh cool wedding films didn't exist. But it's amazing that the the crap ones are still about. <laughs> I find that absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing. How? There's there's things for everyone in this industry, yeah. I think. It's kind of nice. You can kind of start at any level, and there's so many weddings going on. You can just yeah. there's <laughs> that not is many true. jobs like that that you can just jump in and yeah. You just you can grow or not grow, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I know. So how where how are, mean of me? I just want to say how mean of me. How mean spirited was I just then? Sorry, sorry. Well, I, we I make fun of some pretty terrible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah. Sorry. Where are most of your couples finding you then? If they're if they're that way inclined that they want that sort of laid back, the filmmaker that's right for them. Where are they finding you? Yeah, I think Instagram quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Instagram um, referrals. Uh, Mainly from other filmmakers, I'd say. Um, oh yeah, that's cool. Okay, well, we get referrals from planners and photographers and other filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I think we book a lower percentage of referrals than people who've like discovered us yeah. on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then people also find us, we've been around long enough that we've been in you know weddings that have been posted on blogs and things mm-hmm. like that. 
So people mm-hmm. do find us through just weddings that have been on the wedding sites. Yeah. And yeah. That's, it, it varies year to year. For a while, it was almost probably like 90% Instagram. I think that's less now. Mm. Yeah, 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 probably so. Yeah. yeah. yeah should, tend to should not be thread. <laughs> threads. <laughs> threads. Threads, yeah, sorry. Uh, I tend to agree with that. Like For us, it's... It used to be mainly Instagram, but now it's, I'd say, more so planner and photographer yeah. referrals. Yeah. That mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of photographers that when they recommend us, people are like, cool, we trust your referral. We've looked at the work. It's awesome. Mm. We're going to go for it. So, yeah. Yeah. It also has that kind of added appeal to a couple where when someone says someone's good and they're in the industry, you're, it, it's, it's like, it's almost like you've got your testimonials on your website. It's, obviously, that's a crucial thing for a filmmaker, a filmmaker to have. But for someone else to market for you and say good things about who you, who you are and what you do is, yeah. um, is incredible. Um, mm. Yeah. And yeah. So are you guys working with a lot of couples coming from outside of Scotland to get married? Sounds yeah. Like. Yes. Ma- majority of our couples are either from the US or Canada mm. or sort of... Asia, yeah, a lot of South them are Africa, coming, yeah, yeah, to get married in the Scottish hills. They want that sort of Scottish scenery a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's also, it's not always just elopements. Like a lot of the time, it's they're coming over because they want that old castle or mm-hmm. Glen Eagles level quality. Um, yeah. yeah, and sometimes they're bringing their whole family over, and it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, especially when you're you know, like you're in the hills of Scotland, and they've brought all their friends, they've brought all their family, and it's just one big, massive, grand experience for everyone involved. And you're just you're you're there, and you're thinking, man, these people are living uh, something that they're, they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. This trips to Scotland, and you're there with a camera, and you get to experience that with them. It's super, yeah. What what a privilege. Yeah. Uh, I, I that's one aspect of this job that I really I really love. I love to see the excitement on people's face. Um, but yeah, yeah, especially for destination weddings, where as you say, it's it's like new ground for everyone, and it, it yeah. will be something they remember. Yeah, and yeah. also I think like in our experience, sometimes when people are getting married in the high desert, like we don't shoot that many weddings up here anymore. Uh huh. But we used to, and I think some people would really like to have local vendors, so they'd really like to get. Mm-hmm. Um, recommendations and maybe mm-hmm. it's the same with you guys if they're coming in from the states or canada or asia and you vouch for a planner or a photographer or florist yeah. or whoever it may be they're gonna maybe that's going to be more meaningful than if you had a couple who are based in scotland and they can kind of do their own research and that yeah. working in quite as important yeah because planning a destination so wedding up- poof that's hard work <laughs> a normal wedding is hard work but a destination wedding i can't even imagine how stressful that is yeah yeah. Do you end up shooting multiple days for those kind of like bigger dest- where they're all coming in on a big destination together? Yeah, quite often, yeah. like especially with Americans, mm. they're used to having the rehearsal dinner. So they'll maybe hire us for that. Or because they're over here, they'll add that adventure session on. Mm. And maybe the day before, day after, they'll, they'll want to go out and do some extra shooting. So yeah, it ends up sometimes it's three day events, which is quite fun. Yeah, I really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm, curi- I'm curious, you guys, on your Instagram, one of your latest posts, there was a couple, the, the bride had um, red hair. Oh, yeah. The groom had a leather kilt. Yeah. yeah. 
Were they Scottish or no? Were they American? They're they were. Um, were they both from Florida? They were American. I can't remember what state, but they were definitely American. They're yeah. They 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 have spent their lives apart from for 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 most of their relationship um but they are two like ex-military police officer types and um yeah they just decided to come over here and have a, a just a really awesome adventure just the two of them yeah um they, like it was an elopement but they went all out and yeah. had a five-piece like traditional scottish band that were playing just for them in the hills yeah and then they had a bell bell tent with a massive picnic just for them yeah it's pretty cool and we did do so it was a really interesting one that actually because we woke up super early to get a sun a sunrise ceremony and then we kind of got through we did some shoots um and then we took a break and then we came back for like a sunset blue hour nighttime shoot so it, it was like the full day. Um, That's a long day. It's, it is a long day. Uh, yeah, we, we had to have naps. Um, I, although I can't, I couldn't do it. I can't, I can't nap in the middle of a day. It's just not right. Uh, but yeah, it was great. One experience. And um, yeah, and they were just- so the did those who have Scottish roots? Um, no, I don't think there was any connection to Scotland at all. Was there? I'm having a hard time remembering. <laughs> I want to say there there was somewhere- perhaps perhaps <laughs> quite, I'll need, I'll quite often as a case of they they have a distant relative who's got like a scottish surname yeah. and that's part of the inspiration for coming here mm. or um, or they've done a they've done a like a trace your an ancestry type thing and their blood has shown that they've got like two percent <laughs> i don't know so, something scottish it's not going to come up as scotland is it I don't know. I, I've never actually done one of those tests. I would love to, though. No, I, yeah. I, think it, I think it could. Because, I mean, one of the things I noticed in this country is that people are very proud of their European heritage, if they have yeah. European heritage. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, oh, I'm Irish. Yeah. Like, oh, really? But they mean, like, four generations ago, you know, <laughs> yeah. immigrated from Ireland. But in their minds, they're Irish, you know, mm -hmm. or yeah. Scottish or English or whatever. And, mm. um, so I was just curious if you got a lot of couples that were like you know would would tell you oh yeah we're we're, we're scottish and it's really meaningful to us and we mm -hmm. love all these parts of the culture and do you get much of that yeah 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 definitely uh, a lot of the time they're they're using like the family tartan for part of the ceremony or something yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i really like it um so guys so you've booked you've booked a couple okay now what do you send them gifts do you? Oh no! <laughs> send them a send them a questionnaire. You're making them feel bad again for no <laughs> gifts. We <laughs> don't even send them a film. They just get a digital download at the end. Just a, just a here's your film email. <laughs> hey, fair enough, fair enough. But like, um, how how'd you get to know them? Like, yeah, tell us about your so your I, your pre wedding. Our process starts, our process starts before booking. Okay. So we talk to all of our couples before we book with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, not that we've, maybe only once have we ever talked to someone and then said no afterwards when we really thought what they wanted wasn't us. But well, there's one couple we said no to, and then they wrote us these long letters of how they really wanted us to shoot their wedding, and oh wow, we ended up doing it, and we thought it went well, but then. Um, the bride was Armenian and, and we explained that we couldn't license any Armenian music ahead of time. And, and she said, oh, that's fine, that's fine. And we even picked the music out with them. And then once we delivered it, 
you know, they say, can we change, can we change the music? and have our mini music? And so oh. that, that was, we should, yeah, that was one where we had a gut feeling that we weren't mm. quite um, yeah. a match. And uh, so sometimes that happens. But that we, was in like 2018, like though. Yeah, that was yeah. earlier. earlier yeah. Anyway, so we, we do a call with a couple mm -hmm. before we book um, and we just talk to them a bit, get to know them, kind of get a sense of like what kind of film they're looking for. Like mm -hmm. we ask which of our films they like because they're all kind of different. Like some are very like party, party, party and some are like <laughs> super romantic. So usually we can yeah. kind of gauge by which ones of ours they like. Mm -hmm. um, and we just ask. We don't like grill them, but you can kind of get a sense of people when you ask them a little bit, like like what they're excited about, why they picked yeah. the venue. So then we kind of have a sense of what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they book yeah. with us, then usually we don't have much contact with them until about two or three weeks before the wedding. Then um, once we've gotten the timeline and stuff, we do another call mm -hmm. with them where we go into more detail about stuff for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and we take notes too. Like um, every time we we do a sales call, Melissa will like write up all the notes in, in good detail, which is super handy. Because if we then book them and we're looking at those notes like twelve months later, the stuff that we just wouldn't remember the name of their dog or like yeah, where they grew yeah. up, all this information. So we we have like a printed out sheet that we'll we'll go through. Mm -hmm. And if the couples don't organically tell us, you know, like how they met, how they got engaged, all those kind of things, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll kind of bring it all up just so we have a, a bigger picture of who they are. Yeah. And sometimes in those conversations, we'll get ideas for things we could add on or suggest for adventure mm -hmm. sessions too. Mm -hmm. And that's happened quite a few times, I feel, where just in conversation, they'll be like, oh, this is really important to us, like, you know, hanging out with our dog or um doing this certain activity or whatever it is so by just kind of having that organic conversation we get to know them and then we're more inspired to have like ideas of how to really customize their film so mm -hmm. that process is important for us yeah um to to go kind of as thoroughly as we feel feel we need to into getting mm -hmm. to to know them for that purpose yeah. yeah like occasionally we'll have a couple that's like i want a five minute film that's fun that's just the wedding day and then we maybe won't go as in depth about yeah. you know the entire backstory of their life or something but um <laughs> yeah. it's um so yeah it depends on the couple like we had mm -hmm. one where um through those calls we found out that they grew up uh, across the street from each other and were best friends since they were five Aww. but then didn't get together until they were like 20 in their 20s uh -huh. um so their their parents already knew each other and there's all these photos of them over the years so we planned with them, it was like maybe two days before the wedding, they're getting married in Big Sur. So we got together without them and just the parents and they sat around the campfire with a, we had the, one of the parents brought a photo album of photos of the two of them when they were kids. Yeah. And then we mic'd them all up and just said like, look through this and talk with one another. And so we just recorded that and they just like naturally like told little stories and things like that. So we knew going into the wedding day that we had that, um, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love I love that I, idea. I got goosebumps just listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Cool. I mean, there was a lot of nice things at that wedding. Like the bride had started keeping a journal when they started dating. Um, <laughs> and she wrote her wedding vows as the last page. And then wow. after the cool. ceremony, the bride and groom kind of went off to the side. And we had, we had permission. We followed at a distance. And she gave him the journal, which he didn't know about, where she had been writing um, mm. all these things to him over the years. And we had some bit of her reading that in the morning too. So yeah. that that shoot required a lot of preparation and kind of thinking through how we wanted to tell that story and things. Cause we knew mm. that was important to them. Some yeah. couples that 
well, I think everyone that would be important too. But some people, mm. how they met isn't the important part of the day to them. But some mm. people, that's like really what they want to focus on in the film. Yeah, I love I was that. so stressed at that wedding because the bride was <laughs> a bet. DP. Oh, God. That was one of the most stressed weddings I've ever been because I was oh. like, ah, my shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be good enough? Yeah, oh. usually if we're working with people in the industry, as, as in the film industry in yeah. California, it's, uh, it's always just a little more stressful just because, you know, the standards are... Or they asked to have their raw footage, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're going to see I filmed my feet for five minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you guys feel that pressure because I I get that pressure as well. If it's like another, another photographer or another filmmaker, I'm just like... Oh, I'm going to yeah. step up my game on my extra coffee in the morning. Come on, come on. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there yeah. about like following at a distance. How do you normally approach a wedding day? Like maybe in the documentary aspects of like a uh, cocktail hour or something, are you trying to blend in with the guests and do you have any tips on how you do that? Um, I think most of the day we try not to be annoying, but we don't necessarily like hide away. Okay. I think cocktail hour, I just walk around and film people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shots I have of like me filming and then they look to my camera and you see my camera go like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes people smile and wave, so. Yeah. Yeah, cocktail hour, people tend to be like enjoying their drinks and talking with one another yeah. and it's easier enough to kind of walk around and get shots. I mean, the times where I think it's different is during preps, right? So for us, yeah. we, we tell the couples ahead of time that we like to try and capture natural audio during preps so we'll ask them if they can turn the music down or off while we're shooting or at least some of the time and so that can be hard because you know we i think we shoot preps in a, in a different way from most people and photographers some of them are okay with that and some of them just want to like direct every single aspect of, of when they're getting ready you know and it's mm -hmm. like it's hard to capture those like natural organic mm -hmm. moments but yeah. So our approaches will normally kind of come in, say hi, and then just kind of fall into the background. And so they kind of get used to us and then we're just filming. And that way we can capture like much more real exchanges between uh, the, the people in the room. And it's normally of a kind of celebratory nature, but sometimes there's some quite kind of quiet and emotional moments you can get. And again, if you're just rushing them through like, oh, let me get the three quarter shot of you with a window light coming in while you adjust your tie. And it's like, you know, those shots can be nice, but um, they're set up. You know, it's not yeah. really a, a genuine moment. And you, you need to blend, right? You need you need mm -hmm. some of the shots too. Um, but our focus is always more on just capturing those like real moments. So I think it's normally the times when there's fewer people around, like preps, yeah. where you have to get that balance a bit more and to kind of like work with the photographer in a way that they know what you're trying to do. And, you know, they're not just like, yes, yes, you look amazing. And just like talking over the whole thing, you know, yeah. which can be challenging um but they have to get the shots that they need to i feel like that's the yeah. dance is like yeah, the dance, they, we yeah. know that the couples expect them to deliver these like specific shots if they've picked that photographer yeah so yeah. it's like letting them do that then then also like for me it's often like say i'm shooting a bride and she's getting ready with her mom sometimes it's a really nice moment after they put the dress on and then uh, if i mm. i often try to mic the bride and i'll plug the mic in like as soon as she gets the dress on before it's even zipped. So if mm -hmm. they start having a moment that's recorded, so it's 
sometimes they'll turn in and hug and sometimes you can get like a really nice moment there yeah. but sometimes a photographer will just join in and be like oh it's so cute doesn't she look beautiful and you're just like <laughs> but I, I don't want to make them self-conscious about because i think a lot of photographers don't realize how much they talk during the day or how much they like join in on moments yeah and sometimes that makes people feel more comfortable because it's not just yeah. a silent person in the corner with a camera yeah so it's like that that balance of like making them comfortable but then trying to like if a really sweet thing is happening, just being like, oh, I'm, I'm capturing audio on this real quick or something. Yeah. It's, it's a dance. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I, so the way that you describe those shots with the kind of the, I, I kind of have a similar thought process in mind. There's like the documentary kind of stuff that I like to put in the films, like everyone like chatting and having a good time. It's not like I wouldn't call it cinematic. Mm-hmm. But I always ask Greg to do the cinematic-y stuff as well. Like if he's with the groom, yeah, I'll get Greg to be like, yeah, by the window, like like what you said, the the kind of setup shots. Um, our approach is just to blend the two. But um, yeah, yeah, you are you are right. There's there's definitely a, a, a there's a difference in the way that you have to approach those two moments, and. Um, it's interesting to see how photographers kind of manage to to work because obviously they need to get their stuff too, like like you said. But um, yeah, it's always the dance, always the dance. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned uh, not being annoying, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. How how would you be annoying at a wedding? In fact, well, my the the original question I have here is like people like to talk about being professional. At a wedding, you know, where whether to work, we're wedding professionals. And I I always like that talk of how people like to define what that means, you know. So what what, what does being professional mean to you guys? And how would you avoid being annoying? (laughs) Yeah, I think like just working as a team is really important. And, um, you know, we we just shared some of our challenges we're working with photographers but also acknowledging obviously they they're doing their job and mm. it's important to, to get that balance and with with the planners the uh you know the, the dj or the bands the photographers or all the people we're working with on the day really just having that sense of like we're doing our best to work together for the couple you know rather mm. than having any kind of unnecessary conflict mm. i think that's probably how um as a creative team, you could be annoying for the couple if they sense that there's like some fighting going on between, mm. say, the mm. photographers and the videographers or the planner and the photographer, whoever it is. So I think just taking responsibility for like keeping things, even if someone's like super annoying, right, and you're having difficulty working with them, just trying to stay calm, stay professional, and knowing that you can vent at the end of the day if you need to, but in the moment, just trying to stay cool. And we've lost it in the past and said things we regret saying and had to apologize to planners. And, you know, we had one where the, the family kept making impromptu speeches and we didn't have the mics in place. And, oh. and you know, I, I lost my call with the planner and I, was, I shouldn't have. I was in the wrong and I apologized afterwards. And mm. it happens, right? Yep. Wedding days are high stress environments. But I think that's something like consciously try and do, just work well as a team. And I think the couple pick up on that, you know, mm. and it, it just takes some of the stress away from them to know that everyone's working for them rather than getting caught up in like, you know, bickering between themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had a moment recently where we were having, we just served our dinner. So we went through and had our dinner. Um, speeches were 
just beginning. <laughs> but they were uh-huh. they were like um dad was before the meal then it was best man like after one course and then a bridesmaid a- another course so we were like on our toes and um yeah so the f- the, s- the first two speeches were absolutely fine but as soon as the bridesmaid started spe- speaking the- there was no announcement there was just she started speaking and everyone was like clapping and i was like what what is that noise? Oh no. oh no! Oh no! And we just had to run, and uh, yeah, it's just a case of like, obviously, no one's mic'd, so we're just like grabbing a little Sony, putting her on her dress, and she and she played it off quite well, actually. Um, and she's like, "So um, you already know who I am because I've already given you some of my speech already." But um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, here's me being very sheepish behind the camera, being like, "I'm so sorry." Like, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're quite casual on the day, so it, yeah, it's like we're like a friend already. So I think it w- it was all right, it was all right. But I can imagine that situation for some other people being quite dire and maybe uh, like yeah, quite scary when that happens, <laughs> yeah. right? But I mean, it's part of working weddings. You just have to learn to roll with the punches and, yeah. and yeah. learn how to re- respond like as best you can and know that it doesn't always work out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like we had um, recently my top mic wasn't plugged in all the way into the camera so i hadn't been recording audio for like the first two-thirds of the day and so all the nice like groom prep like the the groom was like playing this like piano piece in in the um in the room they were getting ready and as i was recording i was like this is going to be great we'll be able to feed this music in like at the beginning of the film i had this whole image of how and then you know get home uploading the footage watching it and like oh you're kidding me please please don't say and yeah, two thirds of the day, like no audio, but it's okay because we have external sources for audio. So the ceremony yeah. is fine, the speeches are fine. Uh, so you work around it. You yeah, know, you, you just, do. You would yeah. never know watching the film. Like I don't know yeah. if I would have even fit that in the film, to be honest. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. It's true. She's just trying so to make you, you feel better. <laughs> <She's> just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think when I said not being annoying, I was thinking more of like I always feel like when it's time to shoot the person speaking at some weddings, it's like. You're trying to find the trade-off of like getting a nice shot and not like blocking a ton of people's view oh, like things yeah. like that at weddings where it's like you're around people will see you mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily want to be remembered by the guests of like that one videographer who stood right in front of them for the for half an hour so they couldn't see anything i, I think it's more things like that that i meant about like not being annoying on Got the day you. it's like you're not invisible but you just don't want to be the focus or yeah, sometimes yeah. even during a ceremony if i'm shooting reaction shots and someone notices me filming them crying, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, not film you crying now. Yeah. Yeah, and we actually get that as feedback sometimes from the couples in a positive way. They'll say, you know, we barely noticed you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they get the footage, they're, they're touched at how many things we captured. So yeah. we take that as a, as a good sign. And again, like that's just our way of working. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's how it should be, but just yeah. our way of working the films we make that, we, we like that feedback when we get that. And I think that does depend a little on the couple sometimes because I'll have couples who have said, like, I really want, like, um, it to feel like you're not there, kind of, to be yeah. more natural. And then I have other yeah. people that are like, I really want a super cool film. Like, that's their top priority. <laughs> yeah. And for couples like that, if I'm in someone's way a little bit, that's not like a family member, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a much better shot, I'll yeah. do it. And I kind of sometimes will play that based on what I think the couple will want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's been occasions where I'm just like, I'm, 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 no, I'm not part of the wedding, but I'm, I'm really like, I'm, I feel like I'm in the way 
So I'm always doing the whole like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I have to stand here. I can't. I can't. There's no other angle. I'm really I'm really sorry. But I, I do my best to like crouch down. I do my squat for as long as I can. <laughs> like my muscles can be seizing up. I'm just like, do it for the guests. Do it for the guests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like sweat. That why is that guy sweating so much? Just like holding a. <laughs> he's been holding a squat for like 20 minutes. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm Ashley from With Jack. I'm one of the sponsors of the Perspective podcast. With Jack helps to keep photographers in business by supporting them financially and legally if they have problems with a client or they make a mistake in their work. We've all had that fear of our CF card or our hard drive failing and losing important photos. You can find out more at withjack.co.uk. Head over there and find out how we can help you be a confident creator. Um, talk about cool films I love the fact that you use genuine film I really dig that what's your approach to using film in your film yeah um, we first got into it again this was like a couple they, they were like a super fun creative couple who we did a vow renewal with them in Vegas and they had like cool. Elvis as their officiant and um, they had like a Harley Davidson they'd, they'd rented and they're actually the wedding filmmakers are Brazilian but they live in Canada. It's mm, Brave Scene okay. or something is their company's name? Uh-huh. I don't remember, I don't remember. Um, Eric and Monique were the, the couple's name and uh, they had a Super A camera and they, they were filming each other on the day and then we'd get shots of them too and then they sent us the digital copy okay. and we were like this is so fun this is so cool yeah so then we took inspiration and then we found the super a camera on ebay and bought it and experimented and, and then just started offering it and i it doesn't always fit for every film mm. i think like depending on the the venue largely yeah it works really well uh, in Palm Springs because there's a lot of color. Like you get this like blue sky, you've got the palm trees. There's lots of vibrant color in Palm Springs in the mm. architecture. And usually at weddings, people will have a lot of decorations that are very vibrant and bold. So that kind of thing, it works really well. It works well at the beach. Um, there's certain places it just looks, I think, great. And in the desert uh, here, in the high desert. Yeah, and the Some feel places, of the film, like if it's a more sort of nostalgic feeling film yeah. rather than something that's a more polished. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm. And then like the way we shoot on it too, I mean, you know, using crash zooms and things I wouldn't use on digital, but it's just like using the the format in a way that kind of works and adds something. So yeah, yeah, that's very fun cool. Extra. Yeah. Are there, any, are, are there any other like techniques of the way you capture footage that you employ for the feel that you want to go for? Um, yeah, this, we shoot handheld a lot. Yeah. Um, we use, I mean, we don't use any autofocus too. So our focusing okay. is often a bit more organic feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we did that, you know, from when cameras were, weren't very good at it, frankly. And we're using <laughs> the Lumix system, which still isn't very good at it, mm-hmm. or at least the Micro Four Thirds ones that we use. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're just used to doing all manual focusing and I think that gives a certain look too especially with like mm-hmm. couples footage when you kind of like we like to kind of move around quite a lot and so you just get a certain kind of look and feel to that footage rather than everything staying tack sharp or seeing that kind of 
weird focus flicker you sometimes get with with autofocus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are and you... occasionally there'll be a wedding that just feels a little, like I said, more polished, and then maybe we're a little less handheld and yeah, shoot sure. more on the gimbal. More on the gimbal, and yeah. uh, and then if we did have cameras that could do autofocus, we would use it more. Then we just we just don't yet. So. Yeah. When I look at your films, there's definitely a sense of like nostalgia. Like if you if you were to say that as like a like a characteristic of what a film looks and feels like, like I feel like you're going for something that is nostalgic would i be right in saying that or is it just me being crazy i think it's i think it's you being crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool I'm completely off base and insane I, think. Yeah. I don't know what do you Good. think i don't think of our work as nostalgic but. i don't think we consciously <clears throat> do but that is a way that couples describe our films to us sometimes when they're saying what they like about our film which is interesting mm. i think because we ask on our contact form which films they like. So people mm -hmm. will say, and they'll often say the same few films, but describe them in different ways. They're like, oh, I like this film because it's like nostalgic mm -hmm. and sweet. And other people say, I like that film because it's so upbeat and funny. Yeah. Mm. And high energy. So it's like, you can see what they like about that film, even by what they describe in it. So I don't, mm -hmm. I think a lot of them do have a nostalgic feel, especially like the summer camp one that has lots of Super yeah. 8 in it. And, <clears throat> I guess so. Or even Italian Zach with the car intro. That's very like old cinema and the, yeah. and the grandma section in that one too. It's fun. And I think we edit our films in a, in a way that feels, we're inspired, as I said, more by uh, like film films than yeah. like commercial work, which I think a lot of contemporary wedding filmmakers, their style is um, more akin to like commercial work, you know, the, the kind of editing techniques and the, yeah. the certain camera moves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas we prefer the more kind of organic, feels like it could be a movie kind of a mm -hmm. um, style. And then what we use for color too, we use a, um, a plugin called uh, Filmbox, which is like a film em emulation. Okay. Which I think the, the way the way I've kind of set it up has an old film look to it, uh -huh. and it matches well with the Super Eight as well. You know? Yeah. Because I like I think you guys have this like great vibe which really works for Scotland in this mm. kind of like dark romantic feel. Um, and for us living in California, there's so much sun here, there's so much blue <laughs> yeah. sky. Yeah, We really embrace that kind of like slightly, maybe retro film look more. Mm. So even if we're not shooting on film, the way we process our digital also yeah. has that same um, kind of old, old school film look. Mm. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, you can definitely, I, I, I definitely feel that when I watch your films. Um, I mean, especially when you're using the, the Super 8. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoy watching your films. Um, Greg, Greg has gone through and deleted some of these questions here because we're running quite long. <laughs> um, all right. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about audio. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Because <laughs> you Let's talk about audio. You use a lot of audio in your films, as you've said, and you mentioned the onboard mic not being plugged in right. So what what equipment are you using and how do you utilize it to capture those moments throughout the day? Yeah, I think our setup's pretty similar to most people. We just have top mics, um the mm. DRL pens, task cams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the for, little love. For the couple yeah. and the officiant. And then if, if it's like a small wedding where they don't have lab, uh, mics for the toast, we'll have the speakers mm -hmm. uh, to toast, yeah. toast people. And then, then we just align out into a 
zoom something or other like it's like the one that has the floating point thing so you can oh okay you know uh, if, yeah, if you clip or your levels are too low you can recover and post uh-huh um, so yeah. that's a regular and then uh we have insta mics that we use very occasionally for yeah, yeah like times when it's a wedding where there's no dj or anything for when you need to like really quickly mic someone or they're wearing something that's very hard to mic yeah, yeah. and so, if yeah. if there is a if there is a bride you're tending to try and mic them because a lot of people yeah. find that as a bit of a sort of tough element it's like well where do you put it in the dress when do you do it in the day mm. so you do try and do that if you can yeah i try to at every wedding if there's a bride um the uh, it depends on the dress a little bit and then it depends on the wedding how hard i try so if it's an elopement where it's going to be windy or they're standing mm. by the ocean I'll mic them even if it's harder. Yeah. Or if it's a if it's a wedding where like they're not reading vows, this I know the audio is going to be good from the DJ. Then I don't try as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just when I show up on the day before the bride puts the dress on, I tape the mic in. Um, if it's going to be a windy day, I have a little windshield that I include on it. Um, mm-hmm. We do a lot of weddings in the wind, so <laughs> we have a lot of yeah. Um, I usually just tape it in towards the right side in the bodice. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to do the left because you hear more heart pounding on the left. If they get really nervous at the first <laughs> lip, as you can hear their heart. So I try to do it on the right. Mm-hmm. And then um, they usually wear the mic pack on their leg um, mm-hmm. with a strap. Yep. So I'll tape the mic in ahead of time. And then before she puts the dress on, I put the strap with the pack. I start the pack running, put it in the strap, put it on her leg. Um, if uh, if I was a man, I'd probably just say, here, will you put this on your leg? And then once she has the dress on, I plug it, the wire will be hanging down, and then I plug it in. Mm-hmm. And again, if you weren't comfortable with that, you could ask a family member to plug it in. Yeah. If it's a dress that is that kind of new fabric that's like a kind of satiny, so you can see the wire, mm-hmm. and I really want to mic them, I'll um, use medical tape, and I'll tape it down the side, like down a seam, so right, the wire yeah. is going down a seam. So you, um, you'll so you'll you'll tape the dress. No, you, you won't have yeah. it on the bride's skin. Cool. I usually yeah. tape the dress. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. How do you guys deal with that being two guys? Um, so it's usually me with the bride, um, and usually I will just. So we we have the dr uh, the dl tens, but I don't tend to use. One on the bride, I tend to use a Sony TX650, which is a small black dictaphone. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar. Um, mm-hmm. And I will literally just, again, depending on the style of dress, uh, it'll, it'll either go down her chest in between her breasts or to the side um, under her, like d- d- just to the side of her breast. Uh, and usually I just say a couple of minutes beforehand, hey, remember... I'm going to have to mic you. So when you get your dress on, I'll come over to you and I'll put this mic on you and we'll hide it down your dress. And uh, usually it's not an issue. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You just really have to go with it and just try and make them feel comfortable Mm. with the situation, which Mm. usually they do feel comfortable. Yeah, Yeah. I I think um, my lack of boundaries makes them comfortable. I, I understand I, I am a man, um, 
but I I let them know quite quickly that I have three kids and a feminist wife and there are no boundaries in my house. There's usually naked kids running all over the place and um, things like this. So I tend to be very open and honest with what I'm going to do. And then when time comes, I will obviously ask her permission and then we'll just mic the, the bride. And yeah. Uh, yeah, as long as I'm open and honest and I think other people should be. And not surprised, don't surprise your brides with the microphone because uh, sometimes, uh, it can be quite a stressful moment, you know, putting on the dress and I'll be running to time and, yeah. oh, I'm 10 minutes late, you know. Um, so, yeah, don't surprise your bride, <laughs> listeners. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we usually warn them, like, the call that we do a few weeks before the wedding, mm-hmm. we'll mention, we'll try to mic you, look yeah. at the dress. Mm. I try to make it sound like it's not a big deal one way or the other because half the time yeah. you get there and it's like a dress that's impossible to mic, like it's got a yeah. huge slit up the side. and yep. like, So then I don't want them to think like, oh, no, I'm not going to get good audio. So I just kind of make it sound like and i think i've yeah. had maybe once someone just say like can you not do it and i said yeah that's fine yeah yeah as you um, say sometimes if it's an indoor venue and you know they're going to be right close to each other and there's not much background noise the groom's mic if it's that setup tends to be fine anyway so yeah it doesn't matter sometimes <laughs> but when you're out on the, yeah. the cliffs and you know it's going to be blown a gale yeah that can get worrying <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely. yeah, and I do get nice things sometimes because I said like I plug it in like before she's even finished getting dressed. So sometimes you get all of that audio of that's sometimes too quiet to capture on the like, cat the like, top mic because they're like crying a little bit and they're like, "Oh, you look beautiful," and it's like too quiet to capture. <laughs> yeah, then you get that on that mic, mm. and then also one of our favorite parts of the day for a lot of weddings is right after the ceremony. Mm-hmm. If all the friends and family are coming up to them and hugging them and they're talking. Well, often, like, that's one of our favorite parts to film. And then yeah. if they're both mic'd, you're capturing, like, two different conversations going on and things yeah. like that. I, I love that bit as well, straight after the ceremony. Um, I, I know a lot of photographers like to to just get the confetti tunnel kind of done. I don't know if you do that over there, um, just straight confetti tunnel. Um, and it's very organized. But that, that moment where... Uh, that's done and everyone starts hugging and kissing I, I that's my favorite point uh, and it's, yeah. it can be quite um, especially if they have done the confetti tunnel and it happens everyone can be kind of like oh what do we do now like <laughs> yeah. yeah and they're yeah. not sure and I'm just like can go on get going um, and yeah. I'm just trying to like <laughs> encourage people to to give hugs and kisses and to say hello because yeah they've just been set up for this moment where they throw confetti and now it's like, oh, hey, I've done it. Now what am I doing? <laughs> I just need, you need to like reset the people's mindset almost like, yeah. okay, the, yeah. pho- the photograph is done. Now I get to enjoy myself. So yeah. It's I funny if, if there's too much of that on a day, it's like people just get so used to being told what to do. They yeah. kind of forget that they can go and hug someone. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Um, especially when there's like, oh, you know, when the couple are there and having photographs, but it's like it's a casual moment. But we're just shooting. It's like, oh, can I, can I, can I, can I go, can I go in? Can I? Yes. <laughs> go on, you go. Yes, get in there. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, once you have captured everything that you capture at a wedding, and you've got everything, and you're very confident that all your footage is good, and you've hit all the record buttons. Uh, <laughs> How how would you then go about 
creating an awesome film for your couples? Like what, what's your, your first steps? Um, first step, back everything up. <laughs> good, yes. good note. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess, like we said, we do that call before the wedding with the couple. Yeah. So we'll know kind of like what things they want to focus on in the film. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll have talked to them ahead of time about music, what their music tastes are. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the first things we do, we bring it all in. We work in Premiere, so we bring all the footage into Premiere. And then we have like about, I don't know, 15 different sequences to break mm-hmm. up the day. Mm-hmm. So one of us will drop all the footage into the relevant sequences and we, we label our footage so we know whose is whose. And then we'll both go through and watch our own footage and we'll cut out little chunks that we think is strong and we'll lift them up in Premiere so they're like on the high level. And then we'll grab them all and stick them all at the end of each sequence. So then we have like our selects and we do that hopefully within the week of shooting the wedding because we yeah. found when we first started shooting, we didn't do that. And it meant Until be, the edit, like months yeah, later. Like, or, yeah, like yeah. six, eight weeks later. And you forget, you know, it's like, oh, mm. what was this moment? And So we like to do that, like, well, it's still fresh in our head because it takes less time uh-huh. and you don't miss bits. Yeah, that's true. Um, not to say we don't occasionally go back and pull up other bits, but mm. most of the time we don't. Like, those selects we make become become the film. Yeah. Well, the basis of it, yeah. And then you use yeah. those for the teaser. So Jim will make a teaser like one to two weeks after the wedding. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. then, and then from there, once we have our selects, we'll look at picking out the music, kind mm-hmm. of based on the feel that we get from the selects and what feedback we've had from the couple about what music they like. Yeah. Um, so we'll pick songs out and then send them to the couple to see if they definitely like them before we start um, editing. Usually, mm. I do more of the music picking and then show it to Jim first to see what he thinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go through all the audio from the day, so ceremony and toast, but also all the other bits of the day, like post-ceremony audio and anything else we recorded. Mm-hmm. And then with like the music and the audio, I kind of build out the sort of storyline and structure of the film. Yeah. And I'll usually put in some of the key moments, like processional and recessional, sometimes preps, if there's like talking during preps. Mm-hmm. And then, mm. and then at that point, about there, I give it to Jim. And yeah, and then I, I um, just use all the rest of the footage that's not part of like a multicam sequence. Like most of what Melissa's dropping in will be for multicam sequences. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go through all the other footage and, and build the, all the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. And then I do the color work and, and then we deliver. So awesome. we, we've only started doing that in the last year or so, People maybe like a couple of years. years. Before we used to like both just trade out, like I do one film, Melissa would do one film. Oh, so we were okay. both doing the whole process. Yeah. And then we found that like Melissa really enjoyed that aspect of um, listening to the audio and picking out the, the, the moments. And that was something I didn't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. And I think Melissa's just really, really strong with doing that and building the, the structure. Mm. And then, um, you know, I just, enjoy more the kind of putting in all the clips and doing the, the kind of the fine edit and, and getting everything in order. Um, so I think we have very complementary skills. Yeah. Uh, it took us a while to kind of like get in that groove of how yeah. we work together in the edit. Yeah, and now yeah definitely. There, it's, it, it works well and we just have a system. Yeah, yeah it's much faster because we're each doing the parts that we like enjoy more. Yeah. And 
At least I'm not very decisive. So if it's like there's seven couple shots that are nice but are similar, uh-huh. it takes me a really long time to decide which one of those seven. Whereas I feel like you'll just look at it and be like, that one's good. And then the, it's, it's over. And I'll have like watched yeah. it seven times and like changed my mind seven times. So yeah. it's a lot faster this way. So yeah. when you're creating those selects each individually, is that mainly from a visual point of view? Or are you looking for audio moments as well? Or is that done at the later stage when you go through, Melissa? We're looking for both, both. yeah. Because mm-hmm. we'll know. Um, I mean, mostly if there's audio in the stuff that's not the like main parts of the day, it'll either be like preps, sometimes during couples stuff, sometimes, and then um, post ceremony stuff. So usually we'll know when we were shooting. Oh, that was a good moment. So we'll pull it out so that yeah. we yeah. remember about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, sometimes the visual isn't even nice, and you're just using. <laughs> that's the what audio. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, content over visuals, I suppose. But yeah, um, I want to go back to you selecting music because obviously you know what genres your couples like, but, well, not but, and you also won your Love Stories TV Category 4 Best Music. So I feel like I need to ask you about your music selection. Your music selection. Having their genre that they like and kind of an idea of who they are. How do you then balance that with picking music that is going to suit a film? And do your own thoughts about music come into play at all? Yeah, I'd say our own thoughts, not as much these days. And I think that's partly why Melissa is really good at picking other music. So I think Mm. I'm more, picky in my own tastes right. and I think I, I tend to be like oh what about this song and Melissa will be like it's not exactly what the couple <laughs> said they like and I'm like I think it's really good you know, uh, so yeah. Melissa's much better at like paying attention to what's actually going to work for the film and for yeah. the couple yeah I mean and- I think it's a really fun part of our job mm. and then yeah uh, yeah it's a balance like what they like what it's not that often that someone will request a song where you're like, just no, like that doesn't work. Yeah. Or if they do, you can use like one minute of it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah we're, trying, we're trying to get better at using like shorter amounts because some strong, some songs are very like strong in flavor and they kind of dominate mm-hmm. the, the edit. Yeah. So we're trying to get better at using just like snippets of them. Okay. Again, like the way you see in a, in a regular um, like Hollywood film or an indie mm. film, like we sometimes like to think we're like indie wedding filmmakers, right? So it's like <laughs> the way that they'll use um, uh, a well-known song for like 30 seconds in a film and then it fades mm-hmm. out and maybe it's something more like a music bed that kicks in after that. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, there's a not. So we're trying to get better at using it more in that style than using like an excessive amount of the song that starts to dominate the tone of the film. In Unless a way that's fits. not working. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. I mean, it's a really fun part of our films, I think. And it's always exciting if there's a couple, you know, you can pick out like they like a lot of you just end up for a lot of weddings. It's like indie folk or something. That's such a good fit for a lot of the weddings, which I and I really like that. But it is fun when you know you have couples that you're going to be able to pick out. Yeah. You know, you're going to be able to use like ZZ Top or something in their <laughs> wedding film. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I suppose my next question should be um, music licensing and where do you get your music from and all that kind of stuff. Because we've spoken to other filmmakers who are less 
concerned about what music they use, commercial music that they use. Mm. Um, whereas we are more like, you know, it's it's going to be music bed. It's going to be art list for us. We're not going to take music that's commercial music yeah. ever. What's your approach? Yeah, we license every song we've ever used. I mean, maybe in a ceremony edit that stayed on private and they requested a song, we used it. And yeah. They're like professional. But other than that, we've always, yeah. So we use uh, Music Bed is the main one that we mm-hmm. use. Um, and then the song Freedom is the All other right. one, which I don't uh. think is available in Europe necessarily. I think um, we've got so it, song- I think. I think it is around, yeah. Because yeah. they do have some commercial have songs it? on there, don't they? I think they? so. So, yeah, yeah, so Song Freedom brought another website, which is called Tracks Music, which is where there's a lot of music. It's, mm-hmm. it's so it's not easy to browse. You basically have to just know what you're looking for right. on uh-huh. Tracks. But um, you can buy songs directly from Tracks, or Song Freedom owns them. So sometimes if you ask, can you add the song from the Tracks catalog to Song Freedom, they'll do it. Because okay. it's cheaper through Song Freedom. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. that's how we're able to license. Like, we've used, like... Um, all kinds of fun music. Like, yeah, um, like the one that won Best Music for Love Stories TV had, who was in that? Um, uh, is an Elvis cover by um, Travis Tritt. Travis Tritt, the country guy. Oh. It, had, um, it had a cello cover of um, a Lana Del Rey song, I want to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. So you can, you can get like, I mean, you can't get like every artist. Like often if people want like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, you know, or Zeppelin and things like that, we often get those yeah. requests and we can't do that. But yeah. there's, a, you know, there's like, say with the Beach Boys, you can get like Mike Love doing versions of the Beach Boys songs yeah. that you can mm-hmm. license. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly like the well-known version of the Beach Boys one, but yeah. so you, you can often find ways around to, to get most like, music choices that you want yeah. and do it le- legally and get it licensed yeah i just yeah, had a, so I, did, up a lot. I just had a quick look online so song freedom i don't know if they've rebranded or if it's just a uk branding but uh it's firefly.com oh yeah, yeah they use both names i don't really understand right. why but it's <laughs> cool the same thing. well you can yeah. you can get it over here uh so if that's of interest to you listeners go check out firefly yeah. Yeah. don't quite know why they rebranded but cool um yeah do you have any tips for like dealing with audio in your films and by that i mean for example if i have all my um well, you use Premiere, so you you maybe know you maybe have heard of these plugins. So if if I use a denoiser, an EQ, uh, dynamics on the individual tracks, but then on the master out, I'll use uh, the multi-band compressor set to broadcast, broad, broad, broadcast. I think um, that kind of like adds another layer of multi-band compression to the overall thing that would be like a process that I would apply to try and make this, the audio better. Do you have like any tips or tricks that you um, use to blend in your films or to announce, uh, uh, you know, make certain elements of your film like stand out on a more technical editing level? Yeah, there's something that I'd like us to get a bit better actually and, and get more into um, learning more 
sound design. But right now, what we typically do in Premiere, we'll have the tracks that we know we'll be dropping uh, either line out or lav tracks on. Uh-huh. And those ones will run through into a submix track. Uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll apply compression um, and a few other things on that. And then that submix will feed into the, into the master track. And then we'll usually have a hard limiter on there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll have a hard limiter on the submix too with a slight gain boost as well. Yeah. And then we'll always have a hard limiter on the, on the master track. Mm. So that's generally how we organize things in Premiere. And then we use Resolve for all of our color work. And the new version of Resolve has a really, really strong noise reduction tool. It's way better than what Premiere has. It's way better because mm. we have like the isotope suite too. You know, we, we bought yeah. that a few years ago and it's, you know, people say it's the industry standard, but I've never had that much luck using it. And mm. in Resolve, they have this new um, thing that filters out noise, background noise. So for instance, the film that won Best Moment, they got married and there's a fountain right behind them. Yeah. And it's really loud, like on the labs, on the line out. And Resolve managed to strip all that noise out. And, you know, you could hear it. It was like a little bit. If you're paying attention, you can hear this heavy noise reduction applied to it. Yeah. But still, like, you get some clarity in what they're saying that if you just used the Isotope or the Premiere stuff, mm. you wouldn't get that. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that new tool in Resolve. It's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to like round trip it out and back, but it's worth it. Like when you get like traffic noise, air conditioning noise, fountain noise, things like that, it does an amazing job of stripping that out. Yeah. That's cool. I have heard good things about Resolve, but again, it's that workflow. I'm just, I'm trying my best to keep things as snappy as I can because it's like two weeks away is a long time to edit when you you know, you compare yourself to other photographers who are like, oh, I just get a robot to do all my post process. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, cool. I'm done a wedding in three hours. I'm like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> okay. in, in Premiere, we do have like basically a wedding project template. So we have yeah. like all that stuff already set up, which I yeah. think saves time. It does. It does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How, we are the same. How do you guys, like you said, you get couples requesting songs and I'm sure it doesn't happen very often because of your pre-production work, but how do you deal with it when a couple comes back and says, any chance we can change that song? Because that obviously, the way your films are and the way our films are, it's edited to the music, it's edited with that song for a reason, and it's almost like a whole re-edit. So how do you approach that if it does happen? They've, yeah. they've approved all the songs before we edit, so... Yeah. Besides that one Armenian we mentioned, <laughs> the one which you asked after, and yeah. she had approved all the songs. So we yeah. don't, for the films, I don't think we've otherwise ever had someone request to change a song. For the teasers, we previously didn't send the music for the teasers because it's a quicker turnaround. Mm. Now it will depend on the couple. Some of them we will check first and some we won't depending because we had a couple teasers where they asked to change the music. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's always like the email you don't want to get, right? Oh, can we just see what it would sound like with different music and you're like no dropping <laughs> yeah. like in a new track it's like the whole thing and yeah and yeah. as you say you're cutting to the beat often or like just to the vibe oh, of the yeah. music and although having said that i have been surprised a few times i'll drop in a new track and i'll be like you know what this actually kind of works and then some of the places where i was cutting a bit too closely to the beat it now feels more organic because i'm right. not cutting so closely to the beat and so it was kind of humbling to realize that again like if i relinquish a bit of like control and I know best kind of feelings about mm-hmm. it, then 
often uh you know there's something to like learn from having to do that so yeah yeah i had a few times we've done that it's been annoying and humbling at the same time yeah i had a very a very similar experience just recently it was amy and fred uh we shot their wedding it was a couple years ago was it yeah was that a couple of years and they only recently got back to us with a change from a couple of years ago years later and it was and it was the last track and i thought Man, that is such a bummer. Okay, let's go back into the sequence, and obviously we keep we keep everything. So it was a pretty, you know, I had to relink a couple of things, but it really wasn't an issue. I got in; they'd given me a track. I'd put the track in, and lo and behold, the cuts all meshed. I don't know what it was. I, I, the song was not in the same tempo, yeah. but all the edit points worked, and I thought. That is some serious serendipity right there. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And I actually, it worked a little bit better. I won't lie. It did. Um, but hey, like yeah. you said, you, you live and you learn. And Put, uh, yeah. Putting a bit of a different spin on that last question then. How, how does the process work then? Do you send the couples a list of like five or six songs and you have to pick two of them or is it that sort of process it depends on the couple i think most of the time i'll send i'm thinking of using these two songs Mm -hmm. like these specific two songs right and then they'll say yes or no um and there are sometimes i'll say i'm thinking of using this song and then the next song needs to be something fun it could be this one this one or this one Okay. Um, it goes so, through phases. I feel like we'll have five in a row where people are saying, yes, that's perfect, like right away. And then you'll have like two in a row where you go back and forth like a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. So it, var- it does vary, like, depending on how hard it is to find things that fit their tastes or um, how picky they are or things like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's really easy. I feel like it yeah. can range from like five minutes to two days picking up. Music. <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah. You said Simon, like we've definitely had the experience where we'd have a couple and we're like, oh, these guys are being so picky and we're like changing stuff. And and then once we finish it, we're like, you know what? It's much better now that we took the input from the couple mm. and it's a better film for it. So, yeah, I think almost always I've liked the changes that they've made. Yeah. Other yeah. than one couple that asked us to take all of their audio out of the film after it was delivered. That's probably <laughs> oh, the only film I didn't oh, think was better after. Yeah. They just didn't like the sound of their voices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've had that as well. Yeah. yeah just, yeah. We, I, I, I always think strange, strange requests, I suppose. Yeah. But you, can, you wonder if they'll regret it in years to come. Yeah. I think we yeah. made sure they had both versions because i feel like when you're older you're not as embarrassed and you just want to hear what the other person said to you so yeah and they have one they can share that they feel more comfortable with yeah yeah Yeah. cool hey so we're getting close to wrapping up so we can sort of end with a few questions what what do you feel most new creatives to the wedding industry struggle with I don't know. It's hard to know. I don't know anybody new at the moment. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really crossed paths with them. I mean, when we were back when we were starting, there was a few. There's like a Ray Roman course, and then there's 31 films. They both had online courses. Oh yeah, watched both of them, and they were mm. like super helpful, like mm. really, really helpful. I think these days there's so many different offerings. I don't know where you'd even start. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what kind of struggles people are, are meeting. No. Um. I think our advice from like when we started would just be to try everything, you know, it's, it took yeah. us a while to figure out where we wanted to land in the industry. 
mm. like our, our kind of pricing is like you know verging toward luxury now but we don't really want to get into the luxury market yeah just because yeah. we we don't enjoy it as much and uh so we're it took us a while to kind of like do some luxury weddings and try that and then know that we're not really heading in that direction yeah mm. and you know just to try all the different things like destination you know we realized we didn't really like the travel so i think it's good just to like do it all take all the opportunities mm-hmm. and then just learn to say no and refine what it is that you want to do and make it sustainable and enjoyable yeah, yeah. and then i think your brand builds out of that because you kind of find what you like what type of couples you like working with best what type of planners and venues you like working at because mm-hmm. yeah. Like some people love to work at the same venue lots of times because they know all the good spots. Other people want to be traveling every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I think that's yeah. what makes people find their style too, is just focusing on what you like, what you're good at, what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like how we're interested in like people and families. So that comes out more in our films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. Last question then, something that we always like to ask is, do you have any book recommendations or... TV show recommendations or video game or any kind of... <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> hey. <laughs> any kind of recommendations that you have enjoyed consuming, whether it be film or audio or something you've got inspiration mm. from? Maybe um, we subscribed to Mubi, Mubi.com um, a year ago. And mm-hmm. that's available worldwide. It's M-U-B-I.com. It's just a streaming service for mainly independent film. And um, yeah, they have everything from like super short shorts to like full yeah. length films. So it's yeah. a good place to find things to watch that you wouldn't otherwise watch. Yeah. And stuff that comes off of the festival circuit will often end up there. Um, okay. It's just a really good resource to watch. Yeah, exactly. Stuff that you cool. wouldn't find necessarily on the mainstream streaming services. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can just kind of build a wish list and then just go back and, uh, and watch them. There's a lot of great. Um, foreign, like we've watched a lot of like really good, like Japanese and Taiwanese and Chinese films. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so maybe that movie.com. Yeah. That's very cool. And there's a seven day free trial. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> cool. Can't argue with that. Indeed, you cannot. Uh, sorry, back to my notes. Well, that has come to that has come we have come to the end of our podcast my goodness thank you very much for joining us for this over two hours ramble (laughs) which is insane um where can people find you online uh we're the quail and the dove.com and then on instagram we're at the quail and the dove yeah that's pretty much it we're in a couple of other places but not very effectively yes we're (laughs) on youtube and facebook and vimeo and things but anyway yeah Awesome, awesome. And people can and people can find us at Perspective by Cinemate and our website is perspectivebycinemate.com. Uh join us on Facebook, Instagram. Um and that's where you can find us. Thank you very much for uh sponsoring our episode with Jack, who does amazing insurancey stuff. Um if you have enjoyed this conversation, you can hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope to see you on the next episode. However, in the meantime, enjoy your life.